right, guys, and oh, they're off. That All is right. excruciating. Come on, Steve, late hit. Oh, yeah, very good. And you know what? Again, a Hanukkah miracle. Yet another Natterdays. Natterdays. <laughs> mm. Imagine that. It does taste like a popsicle was left in a beer. I'm having a yeah. Fanta down here. Are you having a Fanta? <laughs> Bud Light Orange. Orange. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And we're having a Bernie state. A Bernie's a nanny state. It's a nanny state. You know, uh, you're you're a little too old for Bud Light Orange. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay because there's an actual flamingo on a pink can, which is perfect for my collection of Aloha shirts. For when you retire down <laughs> to Miami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not a 22-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah, Bud Light Orange. <laughs> on the outside. I, seriously, yeah, Bud Light Orange. On the inside. You're working no, pretty hard to prove your youth there. Two, oh, so podcast number 268. We're going to start wow. doing that now. We're going to start letting people know what podcast we're on. Just nice. because, hey, because they could be like, fuck, dude, no, 268, I already listened to that. Screw it. I'm not going to listen to it again. Because <laughs> they all sound the same, exactly. So the next three podcasts will be 268. Right. You can't listen to the first 10 seconds of our podcast and be like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Because generally it's us introducing ourselves and, you know, horse shit. And we're going to fuck with you anyhow. We are probably going to fuck with you. Yeah, we might throw in three or four different 267s just to <laughs> screw with my, our listeners. Uh, to my immediate left is... Dan Crompty. Hello, Dan. Let's go. And to my, his left... Chris Smith. He's drinking my Woodford Reserve. I and, felt And delicious. I poured myself a Woodford Reserve, and then I had to take a call from my mom, and I was like, oh, shit. But I still have the elixir of life... From Portland, <laughs> and that's another Portland miracle. Is the cocktail that wouldn't die. Yeah. So I, st- I was like, I'm not going to leave that. Nobody's going to drink it because it's in a Coca Cola, like in a one liter Coca Cola bottle. How, how crazy is it that you're still trying to drink over, drink up the leftover alcohol yeah. from two weeks ago? I'm trying to literally because I don't waste shit. I'm Scottish. Well, we right? had a good quantity. So, yeah, and we did have a good quantity. The picture of the back of our trunk. One time we hit the brakes, and it sounded like we were driving a beer truck. <laughs> it was pretty rattly. Well, and once again, thanks to uh, Jonathan Sawyer for the uh, the gift of the uh, the Red Weller. Yeah, the Red Weller. Uh, really my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. What a delicious That's a high water mark for me. That was a bourbon to die for. Goodness gracious. That was, that really was a very generous gift. World, we know your world is topsy-turvy right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But we feel for you. And you got a friend at Cleveland Moto. You got a friend at Cleveland. Yeah, that's exactly You've right. You got a bunch of friends yeah, you at do. Cleveland Moto. Well, most, of, most of whom you don't want to know. But That's uh, drinking out of my league. Yeah. It really yeah. was. That was drinking above my pay scale. So, holy mackerel. Yeah. Well Wonderful. Done. Thank you very much. And it's pretty nice that we're slumming with the Woodford Reserve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Woof. Exactly. And to his left. Nick DeVito. Nick DeVito. Mm-hmm. Stand, or sitting behind a plate of sausage. Yeah. Sausage. Sausages. Um, Nick, why is Cameron not here tonight? Uh, he's busy with um, work stuff. We've noticed that Cameron does not show up unless he comes with you. Like that. That. So is he really nervous about getting a DUI? Is that the deal? He's like, he li- he works in the automotive oh, industry. Maybe. He's an automotive writer, and you can't come to this podcast and not drink a little bit. Well, didn't he say a couple weeks ago that he was quitting caffeine? Oh, so maybe he's afraid he of that. falling asleep. Yeah, that could be it. Know. Yeah, and that, that drive back to Akron at night could be yeah, could be and enough to make. And him. that's a little bit of a run. Yeah, it is. It's not close. Yeah. No, not for not for nothing. That's, but I'm not scared. No, you're not scared. Fucking clearly, dude. Be bold. Have Fiat. We'll travel. The Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Night that rides at night. <laughs> so that's that's okay. That's cool. So did you Fiat power tonight? 
Yeah, 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 it's it's falling apart though. Uh, One hundred and forty thousand <laughs> miles. It's that might be the life expectancy on the little. Uh, it's not good. Mexican built. It's making a lot Italian of car with a Polish transmission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming for you, bronze. <laughs> <laughs> so the it, now that's not an Abart, is it? No, no. Okay, no, all right. It's just a, a, it's just a regular Fiat. Yeah, it's just cute, but it's sporty. Yep. Yeah, but one hundred and forty thousand miles. Now you do autocross that. Is right? that a record for? I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I, I did a couple of rally cross events with it, okay. so that probably didn't help. The it doesn't suspension. help. Suspension? No, uh, no, no, no. But I, I've got a ball joint. I just got a replacement because it's got a, the control arm. The ball joint is built into it. You can't replace just Get out the ball of here. joint. So really? I to, so you have to replace the you whole control arm? To, nope. You got to replace the entire. Control you know, arm. it's actually easier to do that because I I just did that on yeah. my Altima, mm-hmm. yeah. and I just it was like, well, for a little bit more money, you can just buy Get the whole, whole control arm with mm-hmm. the ball joint I, in it and just swap the whole thing out. Right. That's well. I bought a control arm. And with Fiat the beat you to that punch. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 today I actually took the wheel off and I right. looked at what I need to do. And I actually need to remove the entire front subframe in order to get to the bolt to oh. remove the front. Oh uh, my god! The front you motherfucker! Let so, that uh, which Fiat hath assembled, so that, no man disassemble. Exactly. That might be a project for <laughs> for Sunday, or yeah. maybe I'll just put or up for a the, podcast. If you maybe. can, yeah, you fuck, just man. cut it off with cutting torches and then weld it all back together. <laughs> no, you don't want to get that much heat anywhere near a Fiat. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Any part, if you're welding over here, the back seat could be on fire because there's <laughs> no possible. mass in between to act as a heat sink. Everything on that car is wet or well, thin. And if you just give it the slightest hint of an excuse to catch on fire, I'm sure it would take it. It would take you're, it and run. If you Please. get 150,000 miles, it's going to be like, you know, like Mercedes gives yeah. people like a free car at a million. Right. Yeah. Like right. 150, they're going to be like, sir, we need to talk. I need to start. I feel like Fiat wants to see this car in their lab. Do you know that, uh, you guys did see the thing where Toyota bought back a million mile Tundra? Yeah. So there's a million mile Tundra, which, you know, Tundras are made in Texas. And it was one of the new ones, the 2008s and later. And it was a hotshot driver for the oil industry down there, and he was moving big pumps around from location A to location B and put a million miles on his 2008 Toyota Tundra, and they took it in, and they, they did forensics. Autopsy. Uh, wow. Yeah, they did. And the fucking thing was still running, of course, but with a million miles on it. And the thing that I loved is the commentary is that, you know, the driver's a big fella, <laughs> so the seat didn't hold up as well <laughs> as we thought because, you again, you can't, test for a million miles of asses getting in and out of a seat in a pickup truck. And the remarkable thing is, yeah, original motor, original transmission, original all it of the above. Look, wow. It looked pretty good. Too. looks it's fucking a, great. Yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, you're in pictures. Texas and there's yeah. no salt. Yeah. Right. The only thing that'll kill a Toyota is Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> the Al-Qaeda's still running them around. The Cleveland will murder one in a year and a half. Yeah. Perfectly happy in the desert. Yeah, oh well, yeah, they'll take all the desert. blow it up, but yeah, <laughs> with the salt eats it Do you guys remember my poop-colored tundra? Yep. Yes. So my poop colored tundra with the okay. V8 in it yeah. that I bought in San Diego after it had been actually rolled over, meaning like it had been upside down. It was owned by the Al Qaeda. No, no, I mean, okay. it was owned by a guy named Chewy that was about four hundred pounds. Oh, nice. Right, he was, you know. <laughs> See, um, so Chutacos, yeah, Chutacos, <laughs> and uh, there was somebody else's driver's license in the armrest. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that was his like in case of emergency driver's license. <laughs> but but yeah, he had a whole big family and the whole deal, and that was his San Diego vehicle. And you know, we drove it back. Uh, it was one of those ones. The AC worked fantastically, but the heat was worth shit. Hmm. Typical San Diego vehicle, right? And got it back home to Cleveland and then proceeded to drive it for another five years. Well, you have to figure the heater crew would just get completely plugged yeah. up from never being never used. Never being used ever. <laughs> it was never cycled. But 
once we kind of dug into a little bit, it was pretty clear that this vehicle had been rolled over, like mm. the hard way, because the Bondo and everything up in the roof, in the A pillars oh, and the wow. B pillars and everything else. So parts of the truck would fall off when you'd slam the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pounds. Pounds. It got lighter every wow. time you'd slam the door. But the damn thing was a Swiss watch. Yeah. And, I mean, I spent Chinese scooter money for a Toyota with a V8 in it mm-hmm. and drove it across America and worked my company for mm-hmm. years with it. Well, we sold it to our friend Larry from BCF Cycle, who still shows up here in the goddamn thing years later. Talk about unfucking killable mm-hmm. This the engine was rated one of the top ten yeah, uh, the engines V8. ever made. Uh, undoubted. Like, wow. absolutely wow. undoubtable. Never even hinted at using a molecule of oil. And I would change the oil in it every 6,000 miles like clockwork and only put the best wolf's head in it. You know, it was <laughs> truly a, a so well-careful vehicle. Why don't more companies look at that motor and say, hey, we want to do that too? Because you've got to keep selling cars, yeah, motherfucker. Right, right. You're going to go out of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll to his, you, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll tell you what, that Fiat's unkillable, but only because every time it tries to die... I had to drag it back. You are a fucking cruel fucking doctor. Let, let me tell you, I've I've gotten to the point where I can replace a rear wheel bearing in yeah. about 15 minutes. Yeah, and that <laughs> little car can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and you're like, come back, bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little morphine. Right, exactly. You'll be fine. Now, what year is that? Is that a 13? It's a 13. It's yep. a 13. Yeah. So, you know, it's seven years old now. Well, yeah, that's uh, boy. That's a tough one. My Volvo had three hundred fifty thousand miles on it. Yeah, and, and the only another. reason I had to stop driving it is because it couldn't pass the e-check mm. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. the catalytic converter was shot. Yeah, and who's you know the car is worth five hundred bucks, but it still ran. It ran perfectly, which means you know we know. Some, Although I did have yeah. a, a a Pepsi bottle as the front like light. The light, somebody kicked out the light. Yeah. So I took a Pepsi, I took a Pepsi bottle. Your corner marker? Yeah. Okay. And I stuck a All yellow right. bulb in there. So, so your whole corner like, door was a Pepsi bottle with a bulb hanging yeah. in it? <laughs> Fucking genius. Dude, Volvo. <laughs> I had, a, I had, a, I paid 500 bucks. I had, a, I bought a brand new car because that was the first time I had a kid. And they're yeah. like, buy a new car, you have a new kid. I had it for two days. Because <laughs> your life isn't expensive right, enough, right, your insurance right. should go up too. But I had it for two days <laughs> yeah. and I got T-boned. Like I, this lady ran a light, hit me. Yeah. Turned me sideways, and mm-hmm. then a, a truck T-boned my new car and what pushed me sideways fuck? all the way down the entrance ramp. She took off. It was nine in the. It was eight in the morning. I was going to work. Yeah. And uh, this is actually a pretty funny story. So like, I'm sitting there. My car is destroyed. Yeah, clearly. The dude jumps out of the truck. He's like, "Motherfucker! I just got this job." And I'm like, "Oh, I go, dude. Shit. I go, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Like the lady right. hit me, and, right. and so I, I, I will testify to that. Right. Don't worry about it." And so cops show up, and they're like, "Yo, I got hit," and you could see like white paint on my car. Oh so yeah. You could, you could see that right. it was hit. And so we're sitting there and we're taking all these statements, but it's, we're fucked because the car is gone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was in, uh, it was over by uh, Northfield Park, kind of sure. in that area. Yeah. And so this this Mercedes pulls up, and a guy that looks exactly like Al Sharpton. Comes I was going to say Northfield Park. And he comes out and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, and and your officer." He goes, I saw the crime. I chased her down. I got a license plate number. I'm here to testify. Oh, my <laughs> God. And we're like, what? So he gets it down and stuff, and they put an yeah, ATB out. Right. They Please found, tell me it was a white car. It was a white car. Yeah. It was a lady from Parma that was out partying, and they yeah. found her at another yeah. bar at 930 <gasps> in, in uh, the thing. She That's was amazing. She, she blew a 2.8. Yeah, she was laying or, a drunk on top yeah. of her drunk. She was like yeah. nine times more drunk than you're allowed to well, be. Well, yeah, and if you now ever I hit, gotta get really drunk. Well, if you ever hit anything when you've been drinking, the best thing you can do is get drunk because yeah. you can't tell when you've been drinking. Like, All a right. BAC can't tell you how drunk you were when you were drunk. 
Oh, right. So yeah. you oh, man, I was yeah. nervous. I've been right, here man. drinking the whole time. No, I, I hit a car. It freaked me out so bad. I had to go get shot. Yeah, right. Yeah. But anyway, it. so I ended up, I, I sold yeah. the car. They fixed it. They gave it back. It drove, like, to the left. I'm like, fuck this. So I got rid of it. Yeah. Bought a $500 Volvo 740 right. IL. It had 250,000 miles right. on it. It was a turbo. Um, and I drove it for about 75 before the turbo broke. Yeah. So I just took the turbo off. And the car it's was still like, a car. Okay, yeah. Yeah. no problem. And then <laughs> lack I, of turbo doesn't yeah, stop it from no. being a car. And then uh, I sold it with four hundred and fifteen thousand miles oh on God. it, and my buddy is still driving it to this day, like years and years Shit. later. It, it's those, like his beater car. Those uh, red blocks are unbeatable. You cannot destroy a red block Volvo and two point three liter Volvo engine. Oh. It's done. And I mean, and it's I, literally it's the end of the world if that thing dies. Right and. Even if the timing belt breaks, it's a non-interference vote. Yeah, so it doesn't here. really matter. So, okay, so now it just doesn't run. Right. Yeah. And then all you have to do is just put a new timing belt on. And, you know, I was really surprised. At I lost a timing belt on my 240 at like 256,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> or three, no, 350. You're supposed to change those every 70,000, right? I don't know when it did. I, I bought it. I didn't know it had ever been changed. So I got in Japan, it's every 30,000. Oh, yeah. But, but the one thing, so, you know, I don't know about new Volvos, but those yeah. old ones, yeah. most GM parts fit them. Like, I meant hmm. the fuel pumps and all these other things were wow. just like a GM standard part. Well, That's you're cool. driving a Saab. A lot of the He's driving a Sabaru. Yeah. Yeah. The sobs were, yeah, well, the sobs were, some of the sobs were, like, on the GM 2900, same as a Saturn chassis wow. and stuff like that. That one's a that one's mm-hmm. actually Yeah, his is a Subaru. Okay. I walked outside. The first time he drove it in, I thought, to God, he drove a Subaru here. Well, it is. Just and then I realized edge, yeah. it was a Sabaru. I love that car. That's, that's <clears> one of the favorite cars I've ever owned. The van's my favorite, though. <laughs> I love that the van. The high ace. That, that high ace is the so fun to ride. Everybody, everybody who is here at Mid-Ohio loves that high ace. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, that fucking, look. Hand to God, there's been no vehicle that couldn't put up, pull out of the mud. Mm-mm. That's true. That might be the most hardy vehicle I've ever owned. You pulled Bruce's RV out, didn't you? Pulled an RV out like it wasn't a thing. Like a giant American RV you in the mud. pulled my RV out with it. Right, oh, it's, uh, exactly. Shoot, I forgot about that. Yep. yep. And this thing is like, we could have a sticker on the side of it like they put on like confirmed kills on the side right. of like warplanes. We could have <laughs> RV stickers on the side of that high ace <laughs> and for all the fucking RVs it's rescued. That van pulled guys out of chairs that hadn't get up in four days at <laughs> Mid-Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> to talk to you. By the neck. <laughs> yeah. And so, and to, to his, his left, left. <laughs> I love it. That's what I like about us being on video now yeah. is because now it does put a little bit of a framework to like and to his left, right. you know, 17 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Johnny Mac. And John, tell us about what you brought tonight. We're eating some meat. I brought some meat tube. This is uh, comes from tube my steak. hometown of Apollo, Pennsylvania. I mean, Pennsylvania. Apollo? Yeah, Apollo, wow. the moon landing yeah. city. Right. There's actually a street called Astronaut Way. And, Get the fuck and there's always a, what is it, May 20th or March 20th yeah. moon landing celebration right. that we have. In know. Apollo, Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, so that came. That comes from Nacer's Meatpacking Plant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're not going to call it anything fancy like charcuterie or butchered shop or anything else. <laughs> it's literally this is where we make the sausage. That uh, <laughs> Nacer's. That Nacer's. sausage was produced on machinery that had previously processed deer. Yeah. In fact, if you notice the darkened color of it, I do. Yeah. And the season that which it's been purchased. Yeah. There may be some deer in no, there. No, there's going to be a little bit of deer in there. I'm pretty certain yeah. of it because that yeah. tastes exactly like the deer there's meat. There's going to be a bit of venison in there. Because yeah. you can right. take your deer yeah. and drop it off there, yeah. and they will process it oh, into yeah. things like this. Well, of course. I mean, that's always been the thing. When I was a kid growing up hunting, 
The question was never if you'd get a deer. The question was what you'd do once you got your deer. Yeah, take it to Nacers. Take it to Nacers. Delicious. So you got some uh, trail bologna there on the left, and then that is a uh, smoked. A very mild jalapeno. Jalapeno cheddar sausage on the right. Very delicious. Delicious. Very smoky, very tasty. Fantastic, Thank you for bringing that. Yeah. Excellent. Very, very cool. I'm drinking a Bud Light orange. <laughs> and because of, because inside uh, you're just a teenage girl. My 13-year-old daughter and her <laughs> friends were caught. Two. With <laughs> were two with liquor. <laughs> two teenage girls. Two teenage girls. <laughs> and I'm adorable. <laughs> my spirit animal is two teenage girls. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly 49 right. divided by two right. equals That's a, oh, oh, it's, still two, it's still two <laughs> adult girls. Motherfuck. Ain't that a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> divided oh, by three. Shit. Oh, my God. I remember the first time that I was reading a Playboy magazine, because for our podcast listeners, Playboy magazines used to have naked girls in them. (laughs) Okay? And I was reading a Playboy magazine, and I opened up the centerfold, and they always had a little bio on the centerfold in Mm -hmm. there. And the first time that I saw a girl who was born after my graduation date of high school, (laughs) I felt really fucking old. Right? But now realizing in retrospect, nope, 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 nope. No worries. No, no worries at all. We're absolutely fine with that. Turns out she's still cute. Adorable. Absolutely. It gets weird though, like when you're looking at, you know, some porn or something and you look at the thing and then the girl is like on your divorce date. That was her birth date, and you're like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. married right. for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a little yeah. weird. We, I used to tell a joke all the time. It's like, oh, my vasectomy would be in college right now. <laughs> Except for the fact that now my vasectomy yeah. would be a Republican. Like my, my, my vasectomy would be a conservative at this point. That's how old he is. So, yeah, it's that. that's where it is at this moment. And to his left? Cameron Vanderhorst. <laughs> <laughs> and that's excellent for the YouTubers. <laughs> yeah. Cam, you look like shit. Wow, oh, my God. Siri, I've play aged. seven hours of Grumpy Harley, Guy. Harley, Harley. <laughs> Harley, 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 and Harley. Cam, if you're not here, you're fair game. That's Fuck all. yeah, dude. If you don't show up, it's like falling asleep with your boots on. You are fair game, man. You're going to yeah. ra- wake up with dicks I on your face. I assure you. Yeah. I assure you. It if you fall asleep. Before. Yeah, it it's happened to all of us, I'm sure. It really has. Oh, that one time at Mid-Ohio. <laughs> I, I have my college story is uh, my buddy wrote piss on my forehead, but the the S's looked like uh, Swazis. Swazis. Oh, like so SSSs. I oh. woke up in the morning, went to the bathroom, realized what had happened to me. I went over to the dorms. Oh no! I'm getting fucking yeah, yeah, revenge. Yeah. I'm right. making fucking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm destroy these people. Frank's door, yeah. and I'm gonna fucking. I'm ready to go. Well, I went over. I beat on his fucking door loud enough to wake up everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he didn't answer, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to wait outside. I'm going to wait outside. That fucker wakes up to go to breakfast. I have nothing better to do. I'm tackling him. I'm going to fucking write all over his fucking face. Oh, yeah. He's done. So meanwhile, security showed up. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget about those guys. And there's me sitting there in the little ante room. Yeah. And he he kneels down beside me. And he's like, so is everything okay, buddy? As he's checking out your forehead. <laughs> I'm like, what? And and, and like, you're oh, all this? You think I'm crazy? Yeah. And I fucking took off. <laughs> I just took off. He went right through the window. <laughs> in his underwear. He's I mean, gone. He, he, forgot to, he forgot to say he was in his underwear. You know, your, your buddy's the one who called security. By, you, by the, the way. time <laughs> I got back to my apartment, yeah. my one friend shows up, and we were in like a basement apartment, so our window would be open, and people would just sort of check in down there in the, right. the bomb shelter. And he comes up, he's like, dude, security's looking for some guy with uh, some... (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? Yep. Uh, I'm I'm not... It is not 
as, as an adult, I have to admit, I have tuned up. I have antiqued. I have altered my share of friends. <laughs> I have done it. Oh. And it's and it is and I not even as a child I did it recently like within the past twenty four months <laughs> our friend Tim Harnett fell asleep on his birthday well he had help with like three bars helped him fall asleep yeah. well, but he fell he's asleep a, he's in a the, professional he's bar. a professional drinker yeah right and he fell asleep in the bar at Porco but you know he got to sing with one of his favorite bands who played a live show and he was pretty at a high watermark for his fiftieth birthday and again. It's nice to know that at 50 years old, my friends can still tear it up. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he passed out in the booth. And um, all of a sudden, I didn't know that my friends owned that many Sharpie markers. <laughs> it got creative. They just oh. appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, no shit, and multiple colors, too. And I also know, I know, didn't know so many of my friends were artistically inclined when it comes to dick drawing. <laughs> and these guys can draw a cock like a fucking masterpiece. My face was one thing. But yeah. then when I went to take a shower, oh, I no, realized yeah, right, all yeah. the other places. I'm like, yeah. oh, my belly button's been turned into an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> a little monkey bending over with your like, belly button. Like, I got nipple rings now. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been done. Oh, I got done up good. Yeah, that night was good. a night where... I was on a roll and whatever, yeah. and I would communicate only with the word piss. Oh, okay. So I was All just right. like, piss. And that was your, yeah, that I've been was drinking what you had. lots of everything. I went out at midnight yeah. and bought a keg of beer somewhere. Holy shit. I don't know how Good I job. drove. I don't know how I found a place. And I, you were underage. And I didn't, wasn't even 21. Right, exactly. But I came back with, I carried a keg of beer on my shoulder into the party. Right. Slammed it down, pushed the ball down, and fucking hosed the whole apartment down. <gasps> really? Oh, fuck you. Have a beer, everybody. You're an asshole. Let's go. Damn. You're extremely not cool. <laughs> He, he had, you know what? I would have written on you, too. I got written. I got <laughs> written. He also pulled condoms out of his butt for four days afterwards. But, <laughs> I, didn't about that. but I never told a soul, so if you want to go camping with me. That's right. Uh-oh. The magic thing is, didn't tell a soul. Uh, would anybody like to hear the, the actual results of our poll? Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. To his oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought we did that. You're right. No. Oh, sorry. We got to 25 minutes and we hadn't heard yet. <laughs> Chris Smith. Cameron Vanderhorst. Oh, oh, that was right. We got to Cameron yeah, Vanderhorst. Right. Oh, Steve Hofford. The grumpy sewer guy. The grumpy sewer The grumpy guy. sewer guy. I'm not grumpy, though. Well, he's not tired. grumpy. He's just tired. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. It's hard. It's difficult keeping those yeah, keeping those turds herding those turds <laughs> yeah, turd being a turd herder <laughs> turd herder standing at the big pool getting the big ones to go through <laughs> turtle turtle he's and got he's a licensed professional poo knifer <laughs> <laughs> what's that it's my turd knife <laughs> and to his left Steve Sleepy how's your hip doing man it's fucking great is it great I am ready you, to ride and do I have noticed and, that you're not limping around no I convinced myself like yeah. if for the longest time I'd, I'd limp for just because that's what I've been doing yeah yeah right? How many years? Yeah. So I literally had to walk around going walk, 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 just to get my just to stop limping. Yep. Right. So because you trained yourself to limp. Yeah. So I didn't. Okay. So go Oh, watch out! Don't kick the thing. Yeah. Right on. Get Nick a beer too. Get Nick a beer while you're out. The uh, I mean, you should have taken orders really when you got up from the table. He only has two hands. Piece of shit. God damn it. (laughs) Um. So you did buy the Honda ATC. We talked about that in the podcast. But then you also bought some kind of fucking quad. Yeah. That what brand of quad did you buy? It was a Suzuki. It's a Suzuki Ozark 250. Okay, all right. Like Is that from Oklahoma? Are the Ozarks in Oklahoma? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, they're in one of the Carolinas. Carolinas. It's the funnest yeah, okay. little yeah. motherfucker, dude. Funnest. The it's, West Carolina. It's 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 yeah. an auto clutch, but it has, okay. it's you know five speeds. Yeah, so you can still shift. Yeah, but you just and don't have reverse to pull the lever. and the whole thing. So and you can hold a beer in your left hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. So you got. 
that. Mm. Did you buy the fucking Scrambler, the Argo that you put a picture of today? No. There's a green plastic six-wheeled ATV on your shit today. Eight-wheeled. Eight it was an eight-wheeled eight wheel deluxe yeah. Scrambler, yeah. Um, I was looking at it, and not that I have all this money all of a sudden. I just right, I keep right. weaseling stuff. And just I was going to say, yeah, I, I did notice that you're not paying a lot of money no, for any no, of this shit. No, no, no. No, money is not <laughs> this part is of This is a whole money. lot of being in the right place at the right time. 100%. And it's very late in winter in Cleveland, and fuckers are getting desperate. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, you got about a month left of deals, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it goes to springtime, it goes to springtime and then you're fucked. And Right now, it's a you know this has been that thing where a lot of people can't get to their meth dealer, yeah. so they got to pay a little more to have the meth dealer come to them. Could you so get your tax return right now if you had filed if you wanted yeah, to file yeah, it right? right. Yeah. So this is early tax returns. So it could be like people yeah. trying to like oh, could very well be. Yep. Yeah. And people have a lot of money from the uh, gas bills they haven't been paying because it's been so unseasonably warm around here. Yeah. And nobody's <laughs> paid to have their driveway plowed in a long time. No. Meanwhile, my driveway fucking, plowed. <laughs> my uh, I'm not drunk. I'm speaking in cursive, and that shit's classy. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my budgeted dialogue. payment's probably going to go up again this year anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I don't. When it comes down to having that, so now you've got a four wheeler mm-hmm. und ein three wheeler. So you have mm-hmm. seven wheels and two pistons. Right. My daughter, und. my my six year old daughter said, "Dad, you have two wheel motorcycles. Right. And you got a three wheel motorcycle yeah. and a yeah, four. She goes, "Is there a five? Yeah, is there a five? Like, we'll figure again, this out. I refer if you. If there back is, to I'm going to buy one. The right, Berenstain exactly. Bears." Bears on wheels, because right. yeah, yeah. you are literally living. But but, but you have to understand, this is the, my thought process, oh, right? One of these. The whole time I'm looking at this, when these deals come right, up, I'm right. like, will this be viable for Mid Ohio? That's oh, the, the whole only- game. I'm not joking. <laughs> Our whole world is all about Mid Ohio. Right. Like, we're not fucking around. Liza no. called me the other day, and uh, Uncle Liza, she, you know, everyone saw we get a call, and she says. So she. She says, "Fuck you, Phil." She, well, you know what? And I deserve it. I'll take it. Yep. But. Uncle Isaac called, and she goes, hey, if a bunch of us wanted to buy a bunch of Coleman off-road gasoline-powered disasters, yeah. could we have them shipped to Cleveland Moto? Hell yeah. Yep. And would Cleveland Moto build them? <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And would Cleveland Moto then transport said vehicles to mid-Ohio mm-hmm. so we could fuck them for three days and then sell them on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, this sounds like a great idea. I don't know why you even would second-guess that. I'm surprised. Right. We're not building those bikes right now. Right. Um, and she, yeah, go ahead. Rural King sells something like that. Yeah. Super cheap. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is good because I think they were almost pulling the trigger at, I think, I'll, I'll 700 freedom now. units per. I think it's some fucking SSRs. Those, well, those, we're, uh, those Coleman's? The yeah. Coleman so those were the Coleman unit, the gasoline powered Coleman unit, which apparently sounds like steampunk. Too. Yeah, right. Those are her rigid hardtail, right? Yeah. So the Coleman ones are rigid. They're mm-hmm. rigid as yeah, fuck. These, have, these yeah. have a suspension. Chubby tires, but no suspension. That's interesting. So they may want to do some looking. One of them, she was talking <laughs> about the uh, the Grom, the Boom, the yep. Kaboom Vader. Yep. Boom and, which, again, I avoid any vehicle that is called the sound it makes when it explodes. Mm-hmm. So a Boom Vader, would, for me, would be automatically off the reservation. But if you pay for it, I'll gladly fuck it with screwdrivers. So, the 170C version is a masturbator. Masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> but they do realize that the axles that they ship with won't last for the three days. Velveeta, right? Yeah. yeah right. So that's the thing. And again, we did say the same thing. It's like we're an SSR dealer. Mm-hmm. So those SSR 110s are, you know, under 919 retail. Right. So that could be a thing, too. If they buy them, you know, I certainly won't charge them retail. Mm-hmm. And if they were to buy those, they could be buying them at cost. And then selling them at slightly above cost at mm-hmm. mid-Ohio after, again, 
fucking it for three days. Right. So that's a good deal. The SSRs you know? haven't really been had a, a good test ride yet. No, I mean, because they arrived in the snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has not yet been, you know, <laughs> tropical. I did get to ride the Transalp. I have. I did get to drive, ride the Transalp the other day. Are you kidding me? So I got the free Transalp. Yeah. So then, um, you guys remember my wife went out of town for a few days to go yeah. get her shit together and like you know become one with the universe. Be away from you. Thank you. Be that was exactly <laughs> it. And uh, so while she was on her, uh, you know, her government imposed respite from her husband. Oh well, she was out being a better person. I was sitting here. <laughs> emptying all those bottles on top of the fridge, right? And uh, and so I, what do you know? I'm surrounded by motorcycles and tools. So uh, yeah, I drained everything out of it, did everything we tell our asshole, you know, podcast listeners to do, and guess what happened? Started. Yeah. It, it fucking started. Holy shit! How much wolf juice? Me? One good shot. Oh, that's it. Yeah, one no. good shot. But you know, one it, shot to start you, fucker. One start of, <laughs> one shot to start you bastard, yeah. and the uh, but you know I did all the stuff I, I did the kerosene wash I did the the I WD every goddamn thing. There are some certain tabs in plastics that aren't where they're supposed to be. Were there more parts that we didn't see? Because like in the back of your there truck, were two boxes. Yeah, oh, I had two boxes okay. of parts. Yeah, two yeah boxes there was a parts. lot and not missing. No, it's uh, legit. I did now that everything's back in one Honda shaped pile. Yeah, there's very little missing. I. Hmm. Didn't have to order much. The fork seals are guffuckered. Yep. The boots are shit, obviously, as they would be. The 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 coolant that came out of it was its own whole new color. <laughs> it was like if you took black, brown, and purple and pushed it all together yeah. and then added grit. How did it smell? Bad. Yeah. It, bad. Every fluid that came out of it, <laughs> I'm certain that every fluid that came out of that bike was the original fluid. Oh, nice. At right around 20,000 miles. Okay, so is there 20, any fish oil in it? <laughs> yeah. The well, there is now because I fucking, I gave that thing a baptismal of WD-40. I only buy I WD-40. I noticed you had a one-gallon can of uh, WD-40 later. One? Dude, oh. there's three in this building. Nice. I don't buy WD-40 in any quantity under one gallon. And if you're careful, <laughs> at Wally World, they will occasionally have it for $10 a gallon. Wow. Which but is it's not the same formula as it used to be. Well, well again. Do tell. When you're using it, it like I oil. do. Oil in it. Yeah. Actual far soil? Yeah, the... I don't know what's in WD-40 now, but you're right. There's definitely, a, a, there's been a change because you get an old can of WD-40 you find somewhere. It has a more prominent um, pes- pescatory smell. It, it, it definitely has that pescatory. odor of, you can just picture the ocean. I like that word. Right? Not as much as Do you know that right. the, yeah. the, the smell of WD-40 and the smell of PB Blaster and all that yeah. are just smell additives. They have no purpose in the, the stuff. Just oh, to, really? It's to, it, no, I'm serious. I don't believe that for a minute. I worked for Blaster. I, I, used, to do, I used to do all their shit. stuff. He worked for Blaster. PB yeah. Blaster smells that way, so it distinguishes itself from all the other oils. I think you're like right. Oh, I want WD sure. cologne. Yeah. Again, what about your NDA? Huh? What about your NDA? I don't work for him anymore. I don't work for anymore. You're not paying the check anymore. I'm going to tell all your corporate secrets. Very many things will melt a styrofoam cup. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just what your shit's traveling in that melts the styrofoam cup. It's right. not your shit. But anyway, if you're a PB Blaster nerd, you'll know about that. So everybody within the podcast listening area yeah. next week is invited, free of charge, mm-hmm. to the Ladies of the Saucy Sun. We're having a spam event where we're making our own spam. Yes. Ooh. Come for free. From one to four on Fleet Avenue, That's and you will go heads. home. Yeah, 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 with spam, spam, handmade, spam, 
Small batch made spam. Artisanal spam. Bring your depends. Fuck yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't, How cool is that? I don't hate any part of that. I think that's fucking fantastic. So I, like spam. Spam. I like spam. You know what? It's fucking spamtastic. I'll do it. I'll say it. Yeah, I'm surprised we're not eating spam right now. So, so next Saturday from 1 until 4. Yeah. If but you show the up, already start then? Chaos. Yeah. yeah right club. On. Charcuterie the hobbyists shark. and occasional smokers <laughs> will pay your entry fee, huh? which is huh? 40 bucks per person, but we'll pick it up. Come out, make some spam. And it's hands-on spam making. Yeah. So you just don't walk out with it. You're actually going to get in there and You're work. actually going to get in there and fucking beat your meat. Yeah. You're really wow. going to get into your work. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. You're going to have literally two hands full of spam. Chase the pigs down. Now, this is pork <laughs> shoulder. Stab right? the like, shit out of them. Cut their snouts <laughs> off and throw it in that grinder. Just the lips <laughs> and just the assholes. Assholes, yeah. That's all it is. No, but it's pork shoulder, right? Pork shoulder and ham. Is that right. That's spam what is it is. Pork shoulder and ham. Pork shoulder and ham. But yeah. there's spices and whatnot. So yeah. we're going to learn how to make it from, ah, from these ladies who have uh, been running this, this um, uh, pork... Yeah. Joint for like five years or something like that. So well, they're. I work they're, over there and I've been wanting to go over there. I mean, I'm I telling just you what, they do a do fucking great job over there. The Penny and the Melissa. Okay. Great. Speaking great of butchers. Disgusting meats. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that one that one hot dog shop over there on the range is going to clean their tanks for the first time in 93 years. <laughs> oh, the. the I happy use, dog? That, use their no, the happy dog. No, not the, not the happy dog. The what's the tiny little spot? It's like it's about two feet wide and about eight. Isn't feet that Steve's feet. hot dogs? Or Steve's whatever? closed a long time ago. This is the last one. What it's, does clean your tanks mean? It's I was joking because they're closing after ninety three years. Oh. It's the happy you know, dog. You're no longer be able to get 40, a swamp. You're never, 40, forty second no. in Lorraine. No negative. It's not these, a happy dog. No. These are the ladies. So, so come on over. You know what I'm talking about. Last place for slaw dogs. Wait, they're getting rid of the last place for slaw dogs. Yeah, these so, ladies yeah. Uh, right up. here. So those ladies right there. Um, I've had their meat in my mouth many times. Yeah. So yeah. I've I've definitely these gals know their. I shit, can tell you straight away that the lady butchers, these these. These two ladies right here are fucking handy with a fucking cleaver. Yeah. And if if you ever want to learn, don't piss off a man that keeps pigs. Yeah. I've seen them go through bone Old like butter. Hot dogs. And that's what this is all about right here. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can definitely get your so all you guys mitts on some meat. If any of you guys want to show up and, and if Old listeners want to want to roll up yeah. the uh, the next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Just guys, please keep your sausage in your pants, please. Well, of course. Today's well, dude, I wouldn't, br- I wouldn't bust any meat out around them. If you roll up, please share. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a you know, again, it's a careful. free deal. Careful. Uh, Cleveland Moto podcast listener poll number one. Our very first ever listener poll is over. It's done. I know that we released some early. The you know again, it's like Polls. it's like the election. We released some. I'm good. We released some early results of the uh, mm-hmm. poll last week. And uh, at the time, uh, drunken shenanigans and mechanic <laughs> tech tips were running neck and fucking neck Wait, what's last the, week. what's this poll for? Oh, you haven't seen the poll yet? No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, let me get you the poll. Uh, we'll get Phil you the had the uh, absentee votes in his saddlebag. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, we do. Right. We do want to make sure that everybody's represented. It's a different though. type of poll, not like the poll in Portland. <laughs> right. Exactly. Slightly different poll than the poll in Portland. Although, mm-hmm. again... You do got to love anything about any poll in Portland. So, again, this is our poll that we ran on our Patreon. For all of our Patreon listeners, they pay for the mm-hmm. shit. Um, the fancy soundboard, right? Mm-hmm. The microphones. Oh, uh, God, you know, all the, the awesome shit that's going on. So, last week when we released the early results of the poll, um, it turns out that, in fact, Drunken Shenanigans was winning. 
Yep. Oh. So something happened. I don't know whether that the re- no more. well, the religious right might have caught up with us. They oh, came in a little late to the game. Uh, maybe we the didn't religious wrong. Well, it's also <laughs> true. Um, the votes from Africa hadn't arrived yet. I did check our podcast standings, <laughs> and Tips. it turns out that in fact. Absentee voting from the military? Yeah, that could be it too, right? So it's done. The poll's over. 41 volts, votes, volts. Volts. 41 (laughs) votes. Again, speaking in cursive. Your voltage regulator is shot. You better replace it. 66%, a solid two-thirds, said tech tips and mechanical input. Uh, Ranked in first place, followed not even closely by drunken shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Steve. Uh, Third place, insider dealer information. And that's why you've stri- switched to beer. Nanny state. Non-alcoholic. Is that non-alcoholic? Oh, man. Maybe. Ooh, non-alcoholic beer. 10%. I mean, that's it. Uh, insider dealer information, 10%. Motorcycle reviews, 7%. And zero. At Z- and this is why I love this. I love this. Zero fucking percent. Motorcycle news and upcoming event. Yeah. How, many, how many voters were involved with this? 41. Forty. Forty-one. Forty-one votes. But is it because so oh, we're so not just going to do what we want to do, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> so today in motorcycle news, uh, yeah, and that is exactly right. That's. Uh, I just thought of a great surprising, thing. Surprising, isn't it? So here's my. This would be my primer. Maybe not right now, but sure, sure, fire away. So let's. You want a motorcycle tech tip? Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's the topic. Mm-hmm. I just blew up my motorcycle. What do I do? Cry. <laughs> yeah. You have an infinite number Get of drunk. possibilities. Right. You should do. Uh, the first thing I suggest is to mm-hmm. verify that you, in fact, blew up your motorcycle. Oh, yeah. You okay. don't know that you blew it up. Did it seize? Did it, right. what did, you know, there's mm-hmm. a whole epidemiology of blowing up your motorcycle. You bet your ass there is. Did it just stop running? Right. Are you sure? Right. Did you well, just throw the rod's it? sticking you? out the side, then you kind of knew you blew it up. <laughs> okay. So, so then, now that you've got a hole in the bottom of your CBR 300, <laughs> as they all do, yeah. Do right. you assume you've blown it up and start ordering parts? Right. No. No, you, you don't. <laughs> no. You tear the motor out. You well, tear it apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, this is this is not at all far from what has happened to many of our customers who show up here with a lightly blown up motor. Now, before we get into yeah. this, I... Please do. I've had... Anytime I mention that I have motorcycles, mm-hmm. everybody and their mother mentions, oh, I, I, I had a CB750 that I blowed up. It's like, what the fuck does blowed up mean? Because I honestly don't know. Where are you well, from? I've never blowed up a I've never motorcycle. blowed up a motorcycle. I've never even come close to it. I would to. call blown up right. as internal engine damage. Or when internal combustion becomes external combustion. Mm. Very good. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. When, it's a Sterling motor then. Or <laughs> an event that would cause you to lose compression. Absolutely. Rapid loss of compression. So, well, maybe speaking, I have blown so up if you <laughs> think you've blown up yeah. your modem, yeah, modem, modem, your modem cycle, <laughs> curse hey. uh, Probably the first Here thing you should do again. is test for compression right. on however yeah. many cylinders you have to verify that in fact you have. Oh yeah, absolutely. The first things that anybody should ever do if you've got a motorcycle that was working minutes ago and something violent happened and it's not working now. Right, and you've stabbed the starter button until the battery's dead. Is first of all, look to see if there's anything under the motorcycle that wasn't there a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> right? Could be a puddle of oil. Yeah. What the hell's all this shit? Done? What the hell's all this shit? <laughs> what son of a bitch left this Fuck here and it. I accidentally drove through it? Did it just puke its guts up? Exactly. Is there a puddle of coolant that wasn't there earlier? 
Is your motorcycle liquid cooled? Was your motorcycle liquid cooled? Now your motorcycle might be air cooled, right? Honey, what did you do to my fucking motorcycle? That's out another here? good question. Is what the fuck? Who shit my pants? Honey, right? And that's a. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing, my man. Out here? I mean, that's a real. I mean, as a person who has in my career, a honey, uh, honey, I have been the guy who I used to be this. I used to be emphatic about riding my Vespa. And this is when I had three other perfectly good motorcycles in my garage. And I would ride my Vespa from Cleveland Heights, Warrensville Heights, to West 134th Street, which is all freeway. Or I'd ride from North Royalton, when I lived there, all the way up 130th, all the way up Interstate 71 on a fucking Vespa with a two-stroke, 200cc air-cooled motor. Idiot. Oh, I did, yeah, right? And then, because it wouldn't go fast enough for me, I made it better. I took the factory thing that was reliable and would do 62 miles an hour till the end of fucking time, as long as you kept oil in the oil reservoir, and I made it better. I put a larger cylinder in it. I put a bigger piston in it. Vutra is better. Yeah, well, guess what? Yeah. I made <laughs> it better what? until it fucking died. <laughs> I made it so much fun that it couldn't handle the fun anymore, and it died. It expired. And it expired on the freeway. But the interesting thing is... As a young you were pup, winning at that point. I was. I was going faster than I'd ever gone before. So the first <laughs> thing is... You can't a horse so long <laughs> until it right. drops dead. So, so Anytime you're riding a motorcycle and it suddenly becomes faster, pull the clutch in. Yeah, bad things are so happening. So that brings us to the two types of blown up that you Boy, can experience. Boy, ain't there two? Ain't there two? You can experience a top-end blown up. Well... Yes. Or a bottom end blown yes, up. exactly. Or a combination of the two, bottom and top end blown yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah, the yeah, bottom yeah. end touches the top end, it's not good. <laughs> if you're when the bottom that. end and the top end trade places, <laughs> you've had a bad morning. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and you mentioned yep. your scooter. So yep. we had the Absolutely. customer two-stroke. who rolled through the shop yep. who had 75,000 miles Thousand on miles. his Vespolini scooter. On a two-stroke two two Italian Vespa, scooter. Italian, yeah. Italian scooter. And when I spoke with the man prior yeah. to putting another top end, right. because he'd already had six other ones yep. on it, yeah. he said that it was still running the original Vespa crank. Yes, it was. The original yeah. crank. The crank had never still. failed. And for those of you who are fucking nerds, if you do look in the original Vespa manuals from the olden, olden days, it does say that the top end should be replaced or renewed every 10,000 miles. Wow. And that was because back then, one, it's a two-stroke, and mm -hmm. it's bloody easy to replace the top end. And two, parts were crazy cheap. Mm -hmm. And it is not uncommon to see these top ends go 20,000 miles and still be within spec for ring end gap or compression. That's not unusual because of, yeah, good oil, good gas, what have you. And as the story would have it. Yeah. I put a new top end on yep. that. I think it was a Polini 177 yeah. or something yeah, like we that. Did. We put a 177. And the on. guy was traveling from Cleveland to Houston. Yeah, he was. On the highway. Uh, yes, he did. Achieving Every minute speeds of, of, he claimed, yeah. 70 miles an he hour. He said he could do 70. Yeah. Oh, my God. And this thing and came in with the giant windshield, hmm. all of the luggage. Yeah. You could tell he was clearly a cross-country traveler on a 177cc uh, machine. I mean, as far yeah. as I could tell, what blew the top end up yeah. was, I think, his... Uh, his giant balls kept hitting the fucking top yeah. end of the piston. <laughs> he got stuck in the air, and yeah, and no, his engine studs, the, yeah. the cylinder studs, yeah. they backed I think off, a, backed little off yeah. a little bit. And so got an air leak. I put a little bit of Loctite on mm -hmm. him. I cranked him. I took the studs out, Loctited yep. them, put them back yep. in, put it, put everything back together. You got it. You I think got it we developed trust. a little air leak. His head got loose. Yep. 
and put him back together, and he fucked off, and we never heard from him again. So. Until... Oh, he's down in Tennessee. No, he got to Texas. And so we heard from him again okay. in Tejox. Like, okay. So he made it from Cleveland to Texas in one sitting. Okay. So he broke it in and wrote it all. All the fucking way. Wow. Wow. So, so I'm not a shitty mechanic. No, and we broke the bike in at the shop. So the way that when John replaced the top end on the bike, it came in with like 22 PSI. Mm. So it came in with clearly fucked oh, top end. There's more to this there is story, more. but yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, he hey, did your more. repair after you did the repair and re-snugged the, the studs down and everything. I put a whole new top end. Yeah, on. that dude seriously fucked off to Texas. Okay. In one in one go. It's Yay. amazing. Well, but, you know, yeah, so go ahead. So where is that top end now? In your bike. In my bike. <laughs> exactly. So his old yeah. Polini his one old seven Polini kit is in your bike. <laughs> that came <laughs> off of his bike. Mm-hmm. Scottish mechanic. Live to die another day. <laughs> live to die another day. Macklefresh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Takes his kit, yeah. takes some 400 grit, yeah. smooths out all smooths the out all heat cylinder and everything. <laughs> all where the piston had smeared over the rings. Cleaned up the piston, cleaned everything up. <laughs> oh, it's and, true. And yeah. popped it on my bike, yeah. which is still running today. Oh, totally running today. <laughs> and hauls you around, which is you're like three Italians. And your daughter or wife or whoever's on the back. Yeah. Yeah, for reals. So, so. Is, there a, is there a ratio? So, like, you're talking about hopping up bikes, and yeah. all these guys love to hop up the yeah, motorcycles, yeah, yeah, right? right. Yeah. So, is, is there, like, a percentage, like, when you... So, say you have a stock bike, but you keep it in mechanically sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have your hopped up bike. Yep. So, performance to reliability. Like, okay. what is that scale? You can answer that question with your Stella. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you have been there. You've yeah. walked that fucking unholy ground. Yeah, right. Right? Because you'll know that the ho- the higher you reach, the further you fall. Yeah, right. And it's better to do these little tiny, tiny things. And, you know, around here, we say that there's the factory build, which, of course, is perfect because they've had 70 years to figure it out or whatever it is. Mm. And then there's the de-restricted, mm. you know, completely de-restricted, has all of the, the you know, the taming mechanisms removed, Right. right? Um, which on old bikes, those were the same things, mm-hmm. right? Because they didn't have any taming mechanisms. They were just the way they were. And, but then like, for instance, I, I hate to do this to the motorcycle listeners, but the Stella was a motor scooter and you didn't have to be gay to ride it, but <laughs> it helps. Yeah. And the Stella motor scooter, when it came in, because the Indian people had had the bike for many, many years outside of the control of Piaggio, mm-hmm. they had, they had, you know, they, 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 yielded it to their will. Mm-hmm. So it had a reed valve, and it got crazy good MPG. I mean, it really did. It was well over 100 miles per gallon, where um, the other, the Vespa version of that would get about 65 or 70. Mm-hmm. And the Stella had this reed block, and it had this like really good five-port top end. Right. But all that sexiness was not for going fast. It was for getting better fuel economy. It was for, you know, miles per gallon. And India doesn't give a shit. Not you, traveling on highways. You can't go over 45 miles in an hour in India. You'll hit a cow and die, right? <laughs> there's like there's things there to keep you from going fast, and it ain't the speed limit or the cops. It's shit. You could so, hit and die. Yeah. And cool. Yeah, like, right? And you might get reincarnated down if you hit a cow. <laughs> you don't right. want to get reincarnated down. That would be a bad thing. Most of us are... We really can't really afford to give that up. Mm. We're barely walking upright as it is. <laughs> so... All these Stellas would come in, and it turns out we'd figured out ways to kind of like, you know, juice them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe kind of like bring them up to a less restricted standard. Right. And it turns out that, yeah, with super minor things like getting the catalytic converter, which is an unnatural act anyway. Mm-hmm. So getting a catalytic converter 
off of any vehicle you have put is going to make it better. Mm-hmm. So we put like a little Cedo Plus pipe on it mm-hmm. or just like a factory pipe on it. But a Cedo Plus pipe would just make it a little bit happier. And then we'd get rid of a lot of the obstructions in the airway. Mm-hmm. And then we'd up-jet it a little bit to bring it up into like so it wasn't so thirsty for gas. So you're not really changing the mechanics. We're not changing anything right. mechanically about the vehicle. And then people would be like, oh, I'm going to put really fancy oil in it. I'm going to put, like, high-octane gas in it. No, fuck, dude, man. Metallurgy in India can't handle that shit. Mm. you got to keep it a little sloppy. <laughs> you know, just keep it sloppy. Buy just buy yourself keep it weird. a gallon of outboard oil. Yeah, get some good, like we said, <laughs> let wolf's head prevail. If you're spending more than a buck a quart, you're probably spending too much. <laughs> and octane, 87 octane in America is like fucking jet fuel in India. So... Just put the shitty gas in it. You put the shitty gas in it in the wolf's head, life's good. All the oily parts stay oily. All the gassy parts stay gassy. (laughs) You start putting some super octane, like 93 octane shit in there and some synthetic race oil, all of a sudden all the luby parts don't get luby anymore. Mm. And like all the oil slings out to the places it doesn't give a shit about and your crank explodes. There's a lot of theories too about how two strokes work and the the lubrication of them. And this is an oil subject. So it can go anywhere. Yeah. But, you know, some people are like, well, it's because, you know, if you have a premix, it's yeah. the spray of oil. And then yeah. other people right. say, well, no, you actually get a little puddle of oil in the bottom of the crankcase, yeah. and that slings around. And, sure. this and, that, and so it can sling off the, you know, yeah. so depending on what kind of oil, if you're using too thin of a synthetic oil, it never really builds up on That's any right. surface, or it never gets a little puddle in the bottom of the crankcase. But all the premixes in the world all meet each other prior to getting into the combustion chamber. Mm-hmm. And all the injected, inject you know, inject bikes, same same game, right? And so premixes and injecteds. I like injected better for of this, course. yeah, because injected is not mixed with the fuel, right? So it will not wash off. That, a lot of people credit engines running to two hundred thousand miles plus these days right. as not having the oil washed off the cylinder Correct. liner. Yeah. So when you're injecting it, you're yeah. injecting droplets of oil, mm-hmm. which tend to stay droplets right. of oil when they go into the That's motor. Right. And land on surfaces exactly. and, and lubricate the surfaces better. Injected motors do tend to as hang opposed around to thinning out that lubricating right. oil with fuel. Yep. And having it just travel straight through. The worst thing that you can have with those is oil that doesn't get used as oil. molecules of oil <laughs> yeah. is that they go right through the yeah. motor and don't lubricate. And they don't shit. lubricate shit. Yeah. Hence, smoke out the yeah. pipe. Exactly. Yeah. We are the end users of oil. We do not recycle oil. We decycle oil. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And there ain't nobody chasing us around going, we're trying to reclaim that. But it's still being burnt. It's being burnt, man. It's It's being burnt. burnt. That's right. At some point, after it reaches saturation, it's being burnt. That's another whole conversation is, is the smoke coming out of your pipe Mm -hmm. actually the oil being burnt? Or is it just a vapor coming out? And I believe at the second that it it pops... You're actually lighting that. The yes, oil is burning. Yeah, the oil is going You're burning away. oil right. and fuel, and that's that's burning the oil. And I guess... Otherwise, you wouldn't end up with carbon built up right. in a two-stroke. So back to the two types of death that okay. an engine can yes. suffer. Let's return this back to blown right. up motor. So there's top-end death, and there's bottom-end death. Now, bottom-end death is pretty simple. Bottom-end death is the mechanical part of a motor that is the crank and any crank-related item. Connecting rod. So connecting rod crank itself, lower end of the... So if you picture a piston, there's a piston there at the top. There's a connecting rod, a.k.a. con rod. There's a wrist pin at the top, and there's a big-ass fucking bearing at the bottom. Big end bearing. And the big end bearing is called the big end bearing. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about what happened to Honda when they didn't do the big end bearing so good recently. And they kind of had some kind of big end bearing not-so-awesome things happen. Recently. And 
when you have a bottom end failure, that is normally not replaceable or repairable by simply going, well, we'll put a new top end on it. Believe right. it or not, a right. top end failure is preferable. Is always preferable. And yes. a top end failure is usually repairable by the end user if they possess certain skills and certain tools. In fact, in some right. motorcycles, you may not even have to remove the motor from exactly. the bike. Quite, quite a few that I deal, dealt with, we can do that in a pit stop. We can do that between races. Two strokes, so, yeah. super easy. Super a four-stroke, a lot of four-strokes, not, not much so harder. Much. Not yeah. really much yeah. harder. Not, it depends on what it is. So that's great. So when a bottom-end failure happens, well, who in this room has had a bottom-end failure? I've had a couple, three, yeah. Well, so scooter or motorcycle? Doesn't matter. Okay, yes. Right? So mm-hmm. a bottom-end failure is really usually what happens when that large moving piece of mass that is the crank something happens with the crank or anything the crank is hooked to. And what really usually is that is like a loss of lubrication leads to a piece of metal getting bigger than it should be and suddenly welding itself to another piece of metal that is stationary. And when that happens, everything stops, Mm -hmm. including your back tire. Now, why that's important is usually when crank failures happen, you're not going zero. Mm -mm. I've never had a crank failure happen at zero. They usually happen at like 70. And it turns out when your back wheel stops rotating at 70, you turn into a rodeo clown. (laughs) Everything you've ever learned about falling down (coughs) enters your brain as the most important thing you know Mm. right now. And what's funny is how many times you'll grab the clutch. Because you think that might help you. <laughs> and in certain, some bikes, it in might. In some bikes, it might. In other bikes, no. It won't help you. So that's... I just hope it doesn't... Theoretically. Yeah. I mean, I would say to rather have it locked up and slide to a stop than to have it get sideways and then let loose. Well, we always, na- we always say the one thing that we know is going to happen well, on, is on, you're going to stop. On my Vespa, if yeah. I, w- I did not grab the clutch right. when the engine seized yep. and I did... Slide around for a ridiculous amount of time before <laughs> it tossed me off. And it was wet, right? One second. It was wet. One okay. second, two seconds, three yeah. seconds. No, it was a ridiculous it's amount of time. <laughs> I went at least two miles. <laughs> <laughs> You're an overachiever. On the back tire. On locked. a vintage Vespa, right. if you grab the clutch, will it... Release? It will. It will. Okay. It will. Okay. So on a vintage Vespa, yes, it so will. So yeah. it's your fault you wrecked. Right. Because right. it just so happens that on a vintage Vespa, okay. that the location of the clutch is located fault. between, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it will on most motorcycles, it will release, and on some motorcycles, it won't release. And I can tell you that or if it does work, because I had my daughter on the back of my Stella yeah. after the thing, and I forgot to put the cover, the plastic cover over. Oh, the shroud? The, the heat shroud. shield? Yeah. I was like, yeah, this thing, heat oh, shroud. I need this thing. Yeah. Look at how cheap it is. Yeah. They can't do anything except cool the entire motor right <laughs> so it it was riding the best it's ever ridden it We're was doing so like fast. 70 it best and then it smoothed out it was like oh my god it must have really broke it and seized yeah. it hit yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. right when it hit 12 <laughs> when, it, when it hit 1199 degrees but i freaked out because i was like oh gosh she's on the bat but i grabbed the clutch and we just yeah. And what's fun about it is that for that like three seconds, your piston actually goes back in time. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. That was not general. the case when I seized a Honda CT90 right. at full tick. Exactly. Which With in an that auto case, clutch, there's nothing unsavable. to grab. Oh. Unsavable. So wow. I was lucky it. enough yep. that I was actually going around a bend, yep. and it just sort of kicked out to the side, mm-hmm. and I kind of was like, yep. and then it came this way, yep. then it came this way, mm-hmm. then it came this way, and yep. then in, 
and I ground to a stop. Good for you. Wow. Stayed on top. Wow. At, I, that started at 45, maybe 50 mile yeah. an hour. Oh, and a very skinny tire. Yeah. yeah. Very skinny tire. That was but a real you, push. Couldn't you push the pedal down? Dude, oh. if you got enough presence to push that <laughs> no, thing I'm down the saying, cunt that that you have to push it, it down? I mean, would that release Yeah, because, it? yeah, on a CT. Maybe or, yes, maybe no. Yeah. Okay, so when, it, you're on, when you're on a CT90, <laughs> I mean, I'm infinitely familiar with CT90. Yes. So sometimes you can't even downshift yeah. if the motor's under a load. Right, exactly. So if you're going down a hill and it, the motor's wound up, you can't, yeah, you can't push right. the pedal You actually around. have to give it the gas yeah. a little bit to and be able to. And it's a blonde one between clutch and gear change. Yeah. It is literally that. Much no, between Steve. clutch and gear change. No. Oh, you could do it. But what if you ended up in the next lower gear? <gasps> <laughs> well, that's all you. I mean, I was in well, fourth gear. Because I do that by fucking accident yeah. when I'm on those bikes anyway. <laughs> yeah, but at any rate, so yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Shit's fucking weird, man. Okay, so when you blow a top end, it's great. So let me tell you guys how that goes. Uh, <laughs> the best one I had was going super fast. I was patting my, I was riding this bike at like an incredible speed. This was a Kawasaki H1, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was really Bigger. moving. Oh. I was uh, hauling the mail, as Chris would say. <laughs> I was really hauling the mail and uh, doing the ton. I did. I, well, I was doing the ton and change on a uh, on a. <laughs> I like the way you tried to slip your meat in his mouth. You know what? It's like a cat. He had those whiskers there from his mustache. And the, like those cat-like whiskers warned him of an impending penetration to his eye, to his fucking talking hole. That was really good. Hofford has left his seat. He's literally got out of his seat. John literally disgusted him out of his seat. This is delicious meat. It is delicious butter. meat. I don't know why you wouldn't want that in your mouth. Bad. So what the hell is the matter with you? As I was proceeding down the uh, interstate, at an unknown velocity, because the Kawasaki speedometer from 1973 is super not reliable. Yeah, right. But I was bouncing the needle off of the end of it <laughs> and uh, having a really good time. And I had just put this set of factory brand expansion chambers on the... Uh, factory brand has nothing to do with the actual factory of Kawasaki. Kawasaki had no knowledge that these things were being done. But the, a company called Factory... Think of how devious that is. Yeah. What, what pipes you got on your bike? Oh, they're Factory. <laughs> Factory of fucking idiots, like factory of bad ideas. <laughs> These were expansion chambers that you could actually, with one wrench, take the silencers off of. Were they Denkos or something? No, they're factory brand. <laughs> factory brand, dude. I mean, were they say DG? it again for the cheap people. Were they fat cats? Dude, they were, were factory, they? bitch. <laughs> I'll bring it up on the screen if I have to. Uh, so bring what, it up. what you could do with these things is you could take a 10-millimeter wrench, put a 10-millimeter wrench in your pocket, hmm. You know, because those don't exist. Right. And you could put it in your pocket you or steal it from your friend, millimeter. right? Or steal yeah. it from Home Depot. And then when you got to the place you didn't care about life anymore, you could twist the bolt oh. on the silencer and slide the silencer off the stinger and slide the <laughs> oh. silencers into your jacket pockets. Oh, wow. Because the silencers are they're pretty small. And they probably smell really good, too. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Again, this was the 90s. I didn't give a fuck. Right. Right. Uh, I wasn't trying to impress anybody. And, and pro tip, if it's cold, those silencers are probably pretty warm. Oh, yeah, yeah, for reals. Warm up and, uh, and they're a little, the oil, you know, as long as you wear all black clothing, <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> right. Johnny Cash taught me you that could throw them. You could throw them in the fire, burn them off, yep. clean them out. Well, the coke so I had taken the silencers off because it sounds better with no silencers. Coke. And so it's just stingers. And I'm ripping down the road. And I just done some rejetting on my uh, factory home-built dynamometer. No. <laughs> I was doing jetting like this. You change the jets, you rape it around the neighborhood, yeah. you do a 
third gear plug chop, which means you drive it up to maximum velocity in third gear, mm-hmm. and then stab the kill button, and then coast into your driveway. Pull the clutch yep. first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All of the not, above. That's not hillbilly engineering or anything. No. You came up. That's, that's that was a, in the service manual. That's in the service manual. Yeah, that was in the A. Wait, so what does that book. do? Well, what that does is it freezes time. Not really. But it freezes time on your spark plugs. Right. And then when you get into your driveway, you remove uh, your spark plugs post-haste, and you look at your spark plugs. And then you compare them to the pictures of spark plugs that are in your black and white manual. <laughs> that, was, that was for the programmers. <laughs> you mean you didn't want to spend money on right. a pyrometer? Right. No. Or a, right. Exactly. Then you'd look at your spark plugs and go, hmm, not exactly. Right. And so that's the trick is you don't want Eminem mm-hmm. and you don't want Barry White. You want Michael Jackson. Right. Circa 1988. Right. There's a color thing. Right. And that's what you want. Right. And if you get that color, then you know your bike's running pretty much right. Right. But if it's like white and ashy, yeah, you're then you're right. Lean. So here's well, me. I was top of your pistons. I'm more yeah, comfortable exactly. With that's the top of your pistons. I'm more comfortable with an L-sharp than an I'll change the plugs. Right, exactly. <laughs> plugs are cheap. Yeah, me too. Plugs are, plugs are cheap. I'd rather be yeah. air on the give me a nice, side. Give me a nice, sweaty, greasy black plug. So what you speak about is sort of what yeah. can cause... A blunt motor, so which is the proper stoichiometric mix. Exactly. So your I was running around and getting maximum performance out of a 500cc triple. And as I'm getting maximum performance out of a 500cc triple, things happen. Like the sound, mm. oh, God, that's nice. Mm. The sound is great. And you don't feel wind anymore. Mm. And you become light. And like the whole world just kind of is rising up to meet you at 110 miles an hour, give or take. And... Then it sounds as though you accidentally dropped 75 cents worth of change out of your pockets. <laughs> that noise is called predetonation or pinking. And when you hear what sounds like you just dropped 75 cents worth of change out of your pockets, when you hear that, that is the sound of little tiny explosions happening when they're not supposed to happen. They're Heaven's early. pumps, too. Yeah. And that's called cavitation. Cavitation. In liquid pumps. Well, in a motor, when you hear tink, 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 that's pinking. And that would be like in the old days with Uncle Buck, you'd turn your car off and your car would keep running for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? And when a motorcycle does it, that's because all those booms, which are extremely powerful, are happening at something other than TDC when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. They're happening earlier. They're happening later. They're happening in bad places. And those little booms are actually grenades going off inside your motor. And it turns out the most happy part of your motor to give itself to the cause is the top of your pistone. Mm-hmm. Because your pistone is made of aluminum, aluminum, or pot metal, or something like that. And all of those explosions, the fuel for those explosions, is the actual metal that is going away from the top of your piston. Oh, so every time you hear a bang or what sounds like a pink, a little tink, 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 is a little explosion of material from the top of your piston, which used to be piston. Now it's fuel. Because <laughs> your motor's like happy. Because your motor's happy. Whenever the explosion is happening at top dead center. Right, right, right. And it's rolling yep. over right. and you releasing the compression mm-hmm. on right. the bottom end of the stroke. Right. But if I'm a happy piston, but I'm going if, for my But if I'm a point, little happy piston yeah. and I'm going up. Uh, and all of a sudden, the explosion happens right in my face. Right. 
Well, it takes a piece of my face off before it goes over top of that center. Because it it turns out the molecules that used to be my face are now fuel. (laughs) Right. So So if if you have a rusty cylinder and it's flaking off on top of your aluminum piston, are you making thermite? Yes, you are. Well, and, but you know that, (laughs) too, because... Oh, I love when you see fucking things, you know, people riding a bike that's blowing up and you see all the sparks coming out. They start to diesel. So what happens is you get these little cherries of coke and carbon material on top of your piston. Those are the first things to go. And they become cherry red. And so they become a source of ignition that's more readily available than the spark plug at top dead center. A glow plug. So your motor becomes a diesel. And then it starts running whether you want it to or not. Mm -hmm. But this particular moment, I had that beautiful over-rev. And over-rev is what happens on a two-stroke when you're at the top of your rev, Mm -hmm. you're at your power band and everything's going great. And all of a sudden, the motor that you thought was giving you all it had gives you a little more. (laughs) And you're like... When you're like, oh, she's going good now. Those expansion chambers are really paying off. So smooth. So smooth. When you get over 12,000 RPM on a motor that's only supposed to do 10. Yeah. Runs the best right before. Right before she goes. And what had happened is (laughs) I had what only sounded like an asthmatic cough. (laughs) It was lifting the front tire in fifth gear. It was so good. It wasn't, but realistically, I digress. But I heard this noise that sounded like my grandma after a fourth cigarette. <laughs> you know, and that was my middle piston getting lighter. And everything that used to be in the middle of the top of my piston went out my tailpipe. Because a two-stroke doesn't have valves. In liquid form. Yeah, a two-stroke doesn't have valves. So a two-stroke has no valves to keep the embarrassment inside the cylinder. The embarrassment goes out the exhaust. And people behind you are like, dude, that was a big sparky thing came out of your tailpipe. It looks super cool. Like a firework just went off out of your tailpipe. Well, well, now you have a two-cylinder. And it turns out that a two-cylinder, when it's pushing around a third cylinder, is not just like 66% as powerful. No. And so I limped it home on like 11 HP and making horrible smells. And bad things happening. But I did get it home because it's a multi-cylinder engine. And I got it home, and uh, it didn't take long to realize that I had fucked that motor proper. That is a top-end failure. The other thing that can happen in a top-end failure is when heat happens more slowly. Mm-hmm. And when heat happens more slowly, everything that gets hot gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Ask your wife. Now, when things get bigger and they get hotter... What happens is the tolerances between those items disappear. This is something, this is a, just a real quick thought yeah. that I had brought up. You know, everybody's, people talk about, you got to warm your motor up before you ride it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't seem to make much sense to me. No. Because a cold motor, right. everything is unexpanded. No, the whole world fights to keep motors cold for speed so, runs and speed trials. Yeah. If you start your motor up and rev it up a little right, bit, right. you're not hurting anything. Well, except for where, if the oil's not where they're all supposed to be. Phil. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about a four-stroke. <laughs> Me too. And are we talking that yeah. a four-stroke, after two or three revolutions of yeah. the motor, uh-huh. has not pumped oil up to the top end of that motor? I mean, Is it a VFR? It could take 20 minutes for the oil to get there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I mean, but also, if the if the piston is smaller than it should be, right. it, it could be rattling. Well, I know Subarus I see what you're saying. That, yep. that, like a piston... So the motor was built to certain tolerances Mm -hmm. at a certain temperature. That's right. You're well below it. So Mm -hmm. now your tolerances are too gapped out. Mm -hmm. You've got too much tolerance. Isn't this everything that's wrong with internal combustion engines? It's rattly. Right? So they're rattly until they're too tight. 
So, okay. like, you, you have to engineer it to work at negative 32 degrees and at 70 degrees and at 130 degrees and then at 300 degrees. Well, that's the whole point of liquid cooling. In the same cooling. piston. Right. Liquid cooling is the, ke- is, the keep, <laughs> is the keep your engine narrow that in a very yeah. narrow temperature band mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that it so we can engine, you know, design it with certain tolerances and it can stay at that right temperature where those tolerances maintain themselves. Right. If, if anybody who wonders why I'm so excited about the advent of electric motorcycles, mm-hmm. it's because all of this shit yeah. will become like reading the Old Testament. I won't, it, none of it will apply to me. And because we have to consider what our ancestors have had to do since the idea of making an explosion happen, you know, um, diesel and Mercedes and all these people that, that brought us the idea of internal combustion. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we were joking about the boxer motor, the, the diesel motor that the pistons actually fire The reverse boxer. Mm-hmm. The deets, yeah. yeah, the reverse The reverse boxer. boxer. And it's so weird that the internet listens to everything we say. Because the other night I was on my YouTube at home, and what came up, but like how this works, <laughs> and I was like, the fucking internet's yeah. listening to everything we say and suggesting that I need to know more about it. But yes, the idea of a reverse boxer or a, you know, literally punching each other pistons, opposing pistons, opposing that pistons are, are pushing into each other. Yeah, and like the idea of internal combustion. When we think about heat management. If we want to ride something for a good long time, we want to keep it stock. If we want to jab it screwdrivers and make it go faster, then we are dancing with the devil. We we might fuck ourselves right in the ass. The main thing is heat management. Yeah. And the main key to heat management is cooling and stoichiometric mix. Absolutely. Stoichiometric mix is 14.7 parts air for every one part fuel. And it's been determined that that's the correct ratio that you can achieve the maximum amount of thermo explosion for value of parts of air going in and parts of fuel going in so that you get a good clean burn. I have a question about that though because yeah. I think the problem with my Vespa, and we talked a lot about two strokes up yeah. until this point, sure. I think the problem when I seized the Vespa mm-hmm. and fell off <laughs> um, the problem was it, was it was running too lean, right? So it was running hotter than it should be. Yes, they seized. usually are hotter than they should be when they seize. Yeah. But... I know modern, a lot of modern, well, even in the 70s, like the CB750s, as they went on, they, they went leaner and leaner to, to meet emission standards. How do those four-cylinder or four-stroke motorcycles not seize when it's forcibly run lean? They do. And this is a big problem. So as we work on motorcycles that get older and older and older, there are rubber pieces, right? And there are metal pieces, and there's metal pieces of different... Uh, Malleability. So we have aluminum, we have metal, we have brass, we have copper. We have all these things all squishing against each other. They're what we call non-homogeneous metals. Mm-hmm. And they don't know each other, and they don't grow and gap and, and age at the same time. And when we get a motor that's 30 or 40 years old, no matter who built it, these gaps all get bigger with time. And then all the rubber things, they start to crack and deteriorate, and, and air gets in. And then the more air gets in, the hotter they run. Right. And if they were already running lean to begin with, as we add more air, they get fucking leaner, and they become worse. And so, again, uh, the bullshit, the Transalp I just resurrected, yep. that son of a bitch, uh, the air intake boots on that thing, the boots where the carburetor mounts, they were fucking spiderwebbed. So I pulled these things off, and they were, like, super-duper brittle. 
And so I took them off super duper careful like, and then I put wintergreen on them, and, you know, and literally dumped them in wintergreen oil for two or three days to try and get them to kind of become supple again. Mm -hmm. Because it turns out that parts from the 80s aren't super easy to get. Cheers to you, Mark McDermott. Yeah, thank you, Mark McDermott. You know, and in heaven, I hope you're hearing, uh, or, you know, wherever the fuck you might be. Uh, Godzilla have, you know, mercy on your soul. The <laughs> Mark McDermott taught us the wintergreen trick. And you can take really shitty dried up rubber as long as it's all there. Right. And you can fucking dip it in wintergreen oil. And it turns yes. out the wintergreen oil is kind of the magic elixir for old rubber parts. What do they sell? What is, do you just buy wintergreen Yeah, dude, go on Amazon and type in wintergreen oil. Okay. And it, anytime if your wife's into like aromatherapy or essential oils, and she's paying $26 for like a gram of wintergreen oil, right. and you can buy a 55-gallon drum of it for 93 bucks, <laughs> you're going to make her feel like a fucking proper fool. I'm that yeah. dumbass. Every because... morning I share a little aromatherapy. <laughs> <I'm gonna talk. laughs> when I, when Me I... too. My wife likes the fucking veggies. <laughs> when I first got my, my CB750, um, like that, that was me. I went to like Walgreens or wherever the fuck, and they have this aromatherapy section. They sell these little vials. <laughs> a little vial! For like 12 bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did price it out one time, and you can buy 50 55 gallons of wintergreen oil. Wow. It's the same place where I'm sure Wrigley Spearmint Gum buys <laughs> what it. What is wintergreen? It's just for $9. It's just mint oil or something? It's fucking leaves off of bullshit weeds that you can't stop from growing. Right, right. And they put them into a machine and they squish the shit out of let it. Me, uh, listen, CBD, okay? Let me boil it. Let me press it down the terms down of... for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wintergreen oil is super cheap if you buy a lot of it. And it turns out if you have anything that's rubber in your world... It will actually do a really good job of reinvigorating those rubber items gotcha. so that they do work when they're not easy to get I'm anywhere. Sure you should have dipped yeah. your hip in that. Yeah, I mean, also ideally. That's a big thing, and, and, and Chris brings up a really good point. Under stress. This is not what we're going to do to bring back that piece of rubber that needs to hold two vibrating, heavy, life-threatening things to each other. Like, you don't use this on roller coasters and elevators. You use this when you need Unless to hold. Unless you're like in a foreign country, right? China, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Woo! Or Chinese helicopters. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. Holding a stupid carburetor to a motor, where the whole thing's kind of moving around together, but you're just trying to get the air from point A to point C without adding more air to it, then you're okay. I mean, honestly, we could fucking put tool dip on the intake boots, and we have. And that shit works. For a particular customer yeah. who was related to you. <laughs> For the right customer. <laughs> who didn't want to spend much money but wanted his air boots it, sealed up. If your, they got black, if your last they got, name starts in mech anything. They got black silicone yeah. douched all over mm -hmm. them just to seal, hold the, keep the air from sealing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Oh, wait. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking water got in my drink. But again, um, the, we do the wintergreen trick because yeah. you know buying new ones would be either very difficult impossible. to find or impossible. impossible. Well, I yeah. just sent Nick a thing. I found this company that makes all all the old Honda rubber. They're repopping yeah. it. Oh, if it's you a gotta, Honda, they, they're out. Oh, it's yeah. out there. Yeah, 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 but if it's a Suzuki, Kawasaki, or Yamaha, right. yeah, and that's good much. luck. Yeah. And uh, I, I yeah. think this is unrelated, but it's what those guys are doing is they're just making a silicone mold mm -hmm. of it and casting this like yeah. two part urethane to make these rubber parts. I don't think that's fuel proof. <laughs> and that's yeah. the whole thing is yeah. like, again, there is a point in your life where you decide I want to ride an old motorcycle. So I'm going to have to buy rec 90 rec 90 is a type of fuel. We call it boat gas around here. You're going to have to be at the dock buying your gas because ethanol is going to eat some shit yeah, right. or it's going to last for a very short while. So 
I digress. Um, so what we've, we've learned, learned though, is that both motors, a two-stroke or a four-stroke, right. can certainly blow up. We well, know yeah. that. Yeah, and, and that there is your enemy. Heat is usually the problem. Your enemy. Heat's always your enemy. But then yep, lubrication right. is also another problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. one of the two strokes that I blew up mm-hmm. was a failure due to lubrication. Right, lubricity. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was fucking around with my seventy-two CS five, mm-hmm. and I was playing around with trying to adjust the oil pump, but I wasn't sure if it was get. It wasn't smoking enough, so I learned that all I had to do was grab a hold of the cable, yeah. and pull up on the cable yep. for the for the loop pump, right. It would it would lube it up really good. Yeah, usually the carburetors and the uh, fuel, the oil injectors are usually in a tandem. Yeah. So there'll be a banjo fitting somewhere that will turn the one cable you have for your throttle into a two cables, mm-hmm. where your throttle cable and your oil injector pump will move at the same time, mm. and that's good for most applications because. Simply saying that a motor is a 50 to 1 or a 25 to 1 or whatever mix, 2% or 4% mix, is great. But when you do oil injection, the reason they do that is because at an idle, your motor may only need 1%. Right. But at wide open throttle, you may need up to 4%. Yeah. Yeah. So my dumbass did that. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is that when you pull it, it stuck open a little bit. And then I let go. Then the slack let it come off the wheel. Yes. So the cable came totally unwrapped came out disconnected, of the wheel. and it so shut off. So now my pump was shut full meter closed. Yeah, right. I decided to ride it out the way out to Avon, which I made it quite handily on the residual <laughs> oil left in the motor. But coming back, mm-hmm. <laughs> I you know was, eh, most was, two strokes oh. will go about thirty miles yes. on no goddamn oil whatsoever, <laughs> and I don't know how they do it. Wow. I, well, it, just what was left coating. Because I can usually tell you that the point of I fucked up to the point of you got to pick me up yeah. is about 30 miles. Yeah. Well, right. I fell seven miles short of that because <laughs> that bike at a certain point, and I knew it. I knew what was happening yeah. when it was happening. Right. But I decided to run it right into the ground. Right. I rode it right up to the point where it would it stopped when I got off at Rocky River. Oh, and, shit. And I was like, eh, running great. Yeah, running great, running yeah. great. Yeah. That's the noise. Just getting thicker and thicker. <laughs> <laughs> and I stayed, I'm like, oh, I'm, you stayed into it? I'm staying. Oh, oh you're just oh. welding that shit I'm together, like, oh. man. Like, I know what happened. This motor's blown. I'm rebuilding the top end. Oh, my I God. stayed right on it. Oh. All the way right <laughs> on the fucking ground. Oh, I and I, fuck, I stayed, man. I stayed right on it. Right into I don't the, ever like, want to be your horse. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. I stayed right you're on awful. it. Awful. Right Right into the ground, like horse, anyways. Oh my god! (laughs) As soon as it started happening, I already knew. I already knew. I knew it was melting. No, it's done. Well, this was a Lake Erie loop. I get it. After this happened, there's no way I'm going to. You know, it's got to come apart. It's got to come apart. I'm just trying to get home. Yeah, but I fell seven miles short. Yeah, hence the longest. The longest push you've ever fucking had was seven miles. Ginger, you didn't have a goddamn cell phone. Hey, so we just literally just this minute. Um, as though people were listening this, to this live. One of our podcast listeners, Big Ben, just uh, gave us a wonderful comment on our Patreon. He goes, you guys do a great podcast. Tech tips, bikes, and scooters, bullshit, few drinks, and creative insults. Who's better than you, shit dicks? I say no one, and that's why you get my 10 bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Fuck yeah. And you know what? Big Ben... God damn it, man. That's the kind of shit we like around here. Make it 11 Cleveland. bucks, Ben, yeah. for Christ's sake. Next time here in Cleveland. Hey, John, can you spin around and grab the uh, the bullshit like Crocodile Dundee hat that's stuck to that zero motorcycle? Oh, 
No, no. The answer is no. He can't do that. You know what? It wouldn't be a podcast if he wouldn't kick over a fucking bottle or two, or ten, or ten. <laughs> Excellent. So here's I've got I've got the hat of shame. So here's what we got. So here's the hat of shame. If you ever see me wearing this hat, it's a fucking shame. Uh, so here's the game we're going to play tonight. In this hat, in this very hat, in Mon Chapeau. Fuck your hat. I have. This hat has been lightly <laughs> fucked. Uh, so here's the game. I got this hat from a dead man. Now, oh. in this hat are several recalls, hmm. motorcycle recalls, that may be important. They may be not so important. Or they may be the most important fucking thing you've ever heard in your life. We're gonna play the game. Which company? Is it a? Is it a? Is it? Is it an incon? Is it barely an inconvenience? Is it a pain in the ass, or is it the whole fucking game? Mm-hmm. So, so I just yeah. as a side, they yeah. re- keep sending me notices. They recalled the rack on my monkey. Yes. Yeah. They're Wait, saying, the rack, what? the luggage rack, the luggage rack, on my the monkey. rack you put up it's to seven pounds on. It's like right. it's it's, yeah. it's the size of your right. twelve right. inches, eight inches. Yeah, so, it's an A cup. It's barely a rack at all. The the explanation was that it couldn't hold the weight <laughs> that they claimed, which is like three kilograms. No, and what I'm thinking is every asshole who bought that rack. Yeah. Yeah. Rode somebody else of on course. the back of that thing of and did. it snapped off. Of course it and did. And there's no fucking way I'm giving that rack back. No, fuck that. Keep your rack. Because I tore on my monkey. And that's what I like to say. <laughs> and that's the kind of a recall that we're going to call in our game tonight barely an inconvenience. Right. So, to my left, Daniel Kromke, would you reach into the hat of shame and pull out a recall and read it to our podcast listeners? All right, here it is. Suzuki Bergman 400, Bandit 650, Bandit 1250, GSR 600, GSX 600, F, B-King, Hayabusa, GSXR 600, GSXR 750. That's a lot of fucking bikes. Gladius Intruder, M1800 Intruder, 1500V Strom 1000. The motorcycles concerned were built between 2007 and 2012. Big the regulator slash rectifier may overheat and fail to charge the battery. Consequently, the battery may not be sufficiently charged and the engine may stop. Okay. Well, that's any motorcycle. Okay, first of all, it's every goddamn Suzuki. <laughs> so what they're saying is those bikes had shitty, they had shitty reg recs. So we call them regulator rectum fryers around here. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> and what happens is they work really good until they fucking don't. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, you don't get any more electricity. Or right. they completely blow up your LED, your fancy LED headlight and make it glow so blue. Make for it a look bit. blue for a short period of time. And then it just stops. <laughs> it goes all Prince and the Revolution for a very short turns, period of time. It turns out LED headlights don't like 24, 24 volts. volts. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a best tattletale. John. Sure. Just a quick thing. So you may notice that we switched from talking about blown-up motors right. to something totally different, right. which is fine. We could talk a lot more about blown-up oh, motors, yeah, yeah. and we will on the next podcast right. to right. be continued. To be continued. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Well, again. Or anytime we right. need some more filler. We're here. Well, <laughs> again, <laughs> the last thing our podcast wanted, listeners wanted to hear was tech tips. 
Uh, right. And but, the but shit, right. You might have just created the new segment. Yeah. Get blown. I thought that was. <laughs> Get blown. <laughs> what have you blown today? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Am I yeah. mistaken? I thought that's what they wanted to hear more tech tips. No, no. They were saying the least thing they wanted, what came in lowest on the spectrum, drunken shenanigans, top tip. Oh. Bottom, absolute bottom. Tech tips and mechanical. Oh, well, let's inter- talk about no. fucking anal. No. Oh, fucking- I'm sorry. It was events and motorcycle. Yeah. yeah area. No, tech tips, was was right. tech tips was on top. Right. Yeah. All right. So events. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So that was it. So would you say that this recall, hmm. you've heard him. Yeah. You heard Daniel say, would you say that that's barely an inconvenience? Uh, something we should take care of or holy shit. This is going to fuck me over. Anyone? <clears throat> Anyway, that's a lot Anybody? of shit. I mean, well, like I said, there's three different levels of annoyance. My yeah. opinion is right. you take care of it at your convenience. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I mean, for Suzuki, that's a right. holy fuck thing because that's a lot of bikes. It's tons free, of bikes. Yeah. If you're getting a free one, you might as well take it. That's probably, I'm not going to, I, uh, it's tough because I don't own a lot of new bikes. Right. So if I had a new bike. Well, that bike's not even new. Those bikes are fucking 10 years old already. Right. Yeah. I'd probably be like, Meh, I'm not going to do anything about it till it fries. And then it's I'm gonna goddamn near every well, the Suzuki. Thing, the thing with that, yeah. that issue, though, is that it's going to work until it doesn't. Yes. And when it doesn't, the worst it's going to do is leave you stranded yep. and blow out your bulbs. Well, that's what that's I have. It. My Super Tenray right now has a remember, re- bulbs are on the same circuit as your CDI. So, mm. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. they, they, they issued a recall for uh, apparently a wire... Mm-hmm. Or something going in can it can uh, oxidize or can do something and then it, it might it, it's not going to blow up your ECU but it, it just might disconnect it or something. But I'm not having the problem and I can't find a Yamaha dealer to do it. There's no Yamaha dealers anywhere around. Cleveland Wait till anymore. we get deeper in this hat. Oh, so what I can tell you guys, if you guys want the answer, here's the answer: is it's barely an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. It turns out that yes, in fact, your battery will die. We've had many customers show up with this very problem, and. Replacing the right voltage regulator is literally two 10 millimeter bolts. You know, get your yeah. 10 mil out, back them out, pop out the new voltage regulator in there, and life is good. You're back to the races. As long yeah. as the bike doesn't die while you're going 90 miles an hour, you're okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that's a really standard voltage regulator, like the well, because I did the one on my CV1. The good news fun. is uh, you can go to your Suzuki dealer and get one for free. Oh, okay. nice. So check your VIN, call your Suzuki dealer, and make sure that your bike isn't one of the ones. I mean, mentioned. if you're if you're leaving for a trip, yep. you might want to take care of it. Well, again, right, or take an extra one with you. By the time we get done with this game, you guys are all going to have a different idea about ro- ro- a recall. Well, why can't it be like a passport, a battery, and a headlight is your voltage regulator? <laughs> then there's that. Yep. So, Unregulated. Unregulated. Yep. So. And Check your I water like and your battery, though, because it's Chris Smith's wearing a out. delightful British Triumph Bonneville sweater. Oh, wow. Or, uh, uh, a jumper today, yeah. It's, it's, a jumper. It's a jumper. <laughs> it's a fucking sweater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're wearing a British jumper, you should call it a jumper instead of a sweater. Yeah. Wow, this is a lot of bullshit on this one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> they all are. This is what recalls are, man. They're Harley Davidson Touring and Softail Models FLHTCU. Okay. okay. FLHTC. Okay. TC. That's just your, I mean, all those are road kings, so you're all in FLHTC. FLH yeah, touring bikes. TCL. Yep, all touring bikes. FLHTC. These are big twins. TCUL. Oh, this is all the big twins. FLHTK. Mm hmm. FLHTKL. Yep. FLH. 
FTP. Are you fucking shitting me? This is every it single big block Harley. FLHX. Keep, just skip to where there's no longer FLHX. What about the FLPOS? Motorcycles built from... 1717, so that's probably July 17th. Oh, I thought it was 17th. Through May 20th, 16th, outside of the USA. Okay. So that, remember that Harley-Davidson does build motorcycles in other countries. Mm-hmm. If you're may, not raising your eyebrow, you should be
And do you know what's worse than a 990-pound motorcycle that has a mind of its own and it's in gear despite you thinking you've got the clutch pulled in? Very little. It turns out it's a big fucking deal. Does it have a tilt sensor on it so that if it's Yeah, once, it, once the bike falls over on your leg, it will eventually stop running. Yeah, your best case right. scenario once is your you're going to ride it yeah. into the ground because, <laughs> right. because you didn't have a clutch. Right. It's or through your garage wall, which after, one of our customers it's did. It's mostly going to yeah. stall after yeah. it, it tries to take off. It's yeah. going to be like, go, 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 go. So uh, one of our customers tried to put his bike in his pool. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. Out? Not kidding. Super close to the pool. So the garage wall ended up in the pool, oh. and the bike ended up on the garage wall. Better. Yeah. So the, gar- the guy was under the bike on the what used to be the garage wall, and the garage wall was in the pool. Dude, so it was only here, the garage wall. This. It was only the garage wall that kept him from actually going into the pool. Do not use this as a flotation Last device. year in like early March. So last year, right around St. Paddy's Day, I bet you he decided he wanted to go ride his bike. And he instead ended up almost making it into a fucking float toy. That guy would say this is kind of a big deal. Kind of a big fucking yeah. deal. All right. Next. Nick DeVito, choose a recall. Now, these are all actual recalls. And now, to put the game in perspective, I did not go back in time 20 years to get these recalls. Mm. These are recall, recalls that were announced Recently. this year. So oh, all boy. these recalls are recalls that were just announced this year. So go ahead, Nick. Honda models GL1800 Goldwing and GL1800B Bagger. Types ED, yep. 2ED. Erectile dysfunction. And 6ED. 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 Year model, 2001 yep. to 2016. All right. The check wow. valve orifice. 15 years. 15 years, dude. This is That's a 15-year recall. We did the what, math. What orifice? The check valve orifice on the braking system. Can you say orifice again? Orifice. <laughs> On the braking system is susceptible to becoming blocked, resulting in rear wheel brake dragging, which is one of the issues I'm having with the Fiat right now. The brakes go on, but they don't go off. So the orifice's sphincter is not Roaches check in, but they don't check out. Unexpected braking slash dragging increases the risk of a crash. No shit, Sherlock. A locked rear brake is really easy to ride out. And (laughs) continued riding with the rear brake engaged slash dragging (laughs) may generate enough heat to cause the rear brake to catch fire. Do you think? Do you really think? That's amazing. How's that for a recall? Barely an issue. Barely an issue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it's barely an issue because I don't think it affects many bikes. Really? Because it's Honda, and I love Honda. <laughs> and you can always trust Honda. This, uh, this Honda would never hurt you. Right. But the problem is it's prob- it probably gets worse with years because people don't change their brake fluid. Absolutely. And so the older it gets, the, the more moisture gets. gets in it, the, the more likely you have the problem. Here's the- I also know what it's like to have this type of situation because mm-hmm. I had it on my CX-500. <laughs> no, I didn't have it on. It wasn't a front brake. It was a, yeah. At any rate, yeah. when that happens, what's going to happen is you're going to notice... That every time you let off the throttle or grab the clutch, the bike's going to go. Oh, it's going to nosedive. It's going to try to nosedive and stop on you. That's right. More than you want it to. It's not going to free roll like you want it to. Do you know what's really funny is when your motorcycle is suddenly acting the way you don't want it to act, Mm -hmm. what do we all do? Hit the fucking brakes. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when the thing that was bad gets way, way worse really, really fast and won't stop being worse? You have to hit it with a hammer. Yeah, you do. You have to hit it with a hammer. And it turns out all of us did. 
Everybody that's sitting at this table knows how to kick a caliper. I don't even move a 10-year-old bike until I kick a cam. When I was taking bikes out of the IX Center show, I booted the fuck out of every goddamn caliper I moved. Little kids play kick the can. Right. Adults play kick the caliper. We kicked a caliper. I watch people I watch people I know that's supposed to know about motorcycles push a bike with a hair with a fucking seized up caliper. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, this one's a hard to push. Are you new? <laughs> when the fuck did you start working on vintage motorcycles? You kick that fucker. You kick it two or three times. Try not to break your toe. Kick with the ball of your foot. Pay attention to your kid's soccer lessons. Very good. Have somebody else kick it for you. Right. Exactly. Hey, do me a favor. Kick that. You know, or carry a rubber mallet around with you. That's why I like drum brakes. Exactly. Never have to kick a drum brake. Totally stop. Mm. All right. All right. So, yeah. So, it turns out we here at the shop have some experience with this. And, yes, it's a massive recall. And this recall is a big fucking deal for Goldwing owners because it's all great until it fucking ain't. And your 15-year-old Goldwing could jump up and bite you in the ass. Where is this orifice at? It's in the master cylinder on the rear pedal. Mm. So, in the rear pedal, go ahead. Well, my question is, too, with being a Goldwing, and what I know about Goldwings is, don't they usually have a link braking system? Yeah. So, it's probably something in the proportioning block. No, it's not. It's in the actual initial pump. So, when you think about a master cylinder, you put one up on your handlebars, you realize that when you pull that, there's that little actuator rod that Uh has like three O-rings on it. Plunger. The plunger. So, that actuating rod with three O-rings on it, the littlest, I'm sorry, the the biggest circles on it are the ones that are the return circles. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that are getting clogged. Okay. The biggest ones are getting clogged? Yeah, because the return cycles, the return circles are bigger than the pump circles. Oh, low velocity then. they have to be low velocity. Yeah. Right. So, um, and the thing, it's more important, I know it sounds weird, but it's more important that it releases than it pressurizes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you ever, so any yeah. bike I've ever taken apart, right. I buy a new bike, yeah. a new used yeah. bike, old bike. If it has hydraulic brakes or yeah. hydraulic clutch, I take the thing apart and oh, I yeah. drain it all out. Absolutely. But if you ever have done that, the garbage that's oh, in the, the bottom garbage that's in the master the, is psychotic. It is. Yeah. What's in the master, even after five years, is disgusting. Yeah. Go ahead, John. You're next. These are recalls, people. This is shit. This that is could real kill you. Stuff. We're not making this up. We're not making this up. This We're is not all making this by up. the manufacturers. So this is, relates to Yamaha, the MT-03, the YZF R3. The MT-03, that's our new bike that we love, the MT-03, 320 cc. Okay, yeah. Yep, the R3, right? The effective vehicles were manufactured between 2015 and 2017. Yep. Possible defective hose on the radiator. We have one in the room with us. A leak? That is not the bike in question. That's a squealy, squealy fucking bullshit belt. Or that's a brake. Lo- that's the brakes locked up. That guy's repoing a car. He's got the ascend drag. He's got the ascend in the air. Front wheel drive. He's dragging. It's a front wheel drive car. He's lifting it by raising it's not the his ass. Unit. And it's he in give gear. A shit. And it's dragging the tires. No, seriously. There's a squish, 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 squish sound, and that is because a car's being repoed back up in the air. Front wheel drive car, and the front wheels are locked in fucking park. From hey C- guys, you I get it all from Cleveland I guarantee Motor, it's baby. from CMHA around the corner. Make your fucking payments. All right, yeah, go ahead, John, read it. Yep. So anyway, the effective vehicles were manufactured between 2015 and 2017. Possible defective hose on the radiator. A leak from the radiator hose may allow coolant to escape and get into the rear tire. 
So you've got slippy, oh. slippy stuff coming out of your radiator spraying onto your rear tire. This could cause the rider to lose control over the vehicle, leading to an accident. So this is very much the case. I mean, I've been in circumstances where I've hit what was either diesel fuel or most likely antifreeze on the roadway where a previous vehicle had come along mm-hmm. and blown its guts out and laid down. So uh, for anybody who doesn't know, antifreeze is extremely slippery. It is. There, that's a, that's, it that's a property too. of antifreeze because it actually lubricates some things and stuff inside the cooling system. But if you hit antifreeze on the roadway, you're down. it wants to throw you down. Yeah. Now, now your bike is spraying its own coolant onto the rear tire. Onto your rear tire. Yeah. Yeah, we've had one come in this way. Eeks. So it turns out, kind of a big fucking deal. Yeah. It's initially, I would like to say it's a minor inconvenience because, or barely an inconvenience, because you usually see a puddle under your bike. Right. Are you going to need a hearse after? You might, depending on, so if this fucker blows while you're riding, which is a kind of a high temp, high stress situation on a 320, because, you know, 320s are working a little harder. That's a little motor. It's working harder than a lot of other bikes. Let's hope it presents as just a dribble first and gives you a little warning sign like, hey, Here's what's going on before you're going full Ricky. We had one come into the shop that had not a fucking drop of coolant in it uh, as a result of this. And so this is a recall, Mm. right? So uh, it's a recall. Again, contact your manufacturer. They'll take care of the shit for free. How do you not notice that you just lost how many, like a liter and a half or something of coolant? Yeah, it's about a quarter. And then you're going to blow a head gasket. Well, when you've got no coolant in, shit happens super fast. So liquid-cooled bikes with no liquid. That's a cruel mistress. Okay, Steve, take us to the next level. Are we keeping these? Or no, no, you can away? throw them away. Yeah. Just don't put them back in the hat. Yeah. We're not you got a short one. Oh, yeah, I got a short one. Short ones are good. Harley Davidson, Dyna Lowrider. The Dyna. Oh, the Dyna. The vehicles affected were produced between January 2014 and April 2016. Of when? Oh, yeah. Oh, so two years, right? So two years and a couple of months. The ignition lock may be damaged by... Engine generated vibration oh, caused the engine no, to stall no. unexpectedly. This happens in traffic; it could lead to an accident. Hello. So yeah, so this is a Dyna. So this is almost the end of the Dyna series. So the Dynas are kind of going away. Softtails are replacing them. And uh, to describe the situation, the ignition assembly, the actual real ignition assembly, where your key goes, well, in Harley-Davidson, the key doesn't really go there. That's the device that turns whether or not your key's in it if you haven't secured it. I would say the Chinese ignition assembly. Yeah, right? And so they do get shaky, and all of a sudden... The nub. They don't make electrical contacts anymore. They don't make electrical contacts anymore. They quit fucking connecting, and you lose electricity to your spark plugs. Um, It's the weirdest thing... I will tell you, as a person that has had this happen to them on a bike that we had here at the shop, I took it out for a ride. Customer complained about the problem. We fucking couldn't figure out the problem. I mean, we went through this thing like mad. We couldn't figure out the problem. The guy left our shop and said, I got three blocks from your shop, and it fucking did it again. You guys are full of shit. So I immediately... Again, he pushed the bike back here. I jumped on the bike, and I rode it for two days, and it eventually did it. Presented. It eventually presented itself. So this thing was a, a diagnostic nightmare. I fucking hated it. But it did fucking show its ugly head. Well, it's not a problem if you go out, come out of the bar after yeah. 
nine. The problem is if you come out of the bar and after you flip nine, it on and yeah. it won't start. Yeah, that's but the if best you flip thing. it on and it starts and you're driving it and you're in you're in a turn. Yeah, you, you hit put a bump. The power out of the turn. Yeah, you hit a bump and, and all of a sudden the engine dies. That's what you. he complained. You of. lose power and yeah. a, that's, that's that's a, a dangerous big deal. situation. So it was a really weird one. And yeah, go ahead, sleepy. Well, oh. just before you do that, yeah. Anybody owned anything with a Lucas ignition system knows what that's like. <laughs> or maybe maybe recalls should have happened. Right. <laughs> that's it. All right, Steve. I probably should have told people I've never book. learned to read. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, all right. Yeah. Riff, <laughs> man. That's Riff. a big one. Piaggio, Scarabello. 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 Okay. Uh, Aprilia and Derby. All right. Type number of model. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, great. There, do I really need You don't to? need to read them all. It's all the scooters. It literally is everything Piaggio ever produced. Just tell them the years. Uh, where are the years? Oh, uh, vehicles manufactured between 2008 and 2010. Again, all the vehicles. All of them. All of them. That's yeah. why it's a, a, brick, right. a brick of letters. Everything bigger than a 125. Right. Yeah. Uh, are affected. At raised temperatures, the fuel pump impeller might jam and give rise to stalling difficulties or cause the engine to stop while in motion. This is one of my favorite recalls in the history of time. <laughs> yeah. This is what uh, the BV500 was doing until I decarbureted it or de-catalyzed it. Catalyzed it. So, so this is the problem. Now, I'm gonna dig, I can dig down in here, and Honda has the exact same problem. BMW had the same problem, too. It's not to the manufacturer. It's to the people that built the fuel pump. Mm-hmm. So the people that built the fuel pump, the plastic impeller, that's the propeller inside the fuel pump that spins around when you put electricity to it and moves the gasoline from the point of low pressure to the point of higher pressure. So that impeller, it turns out, was made out of a particular type of plastic that when it would get warm, got bigger. Hmm. And when it got bigger, it wouldn't move inside its housing anymore because fuel pumps, water pumps, have to be a pretty tight tolerance between their... You know, right. the, the spinny bit and the not-so-spinny bit. Because they have veins and they right. have to mate fairly gonna make closely pressure. to the housing right. around them. Right. So what happens is when the veins get bigger, they stop moving. And the fucking things quit moving at the worst possible time. Now, here's the way the symptom presents itself. You start the bike in your garage. Life is good. You fire the bike up. You drive it to work. Everything's cool. Never fails. Everything's literally cool. Literally, everything's great. You stop on your way to work, though, because this day you got to put gas in your bike or you got to buy a coffee or whatever. You stop, turn the bike off, go inside to get a sandwich. Heat soak. The heat literally comes out of the motor, goes into the gas tank, right? Heats up the fuel, and that little impeller gets a little bit, bit, like you said, a blonde one. Just a blonde one bigger. Yep. Red one for sure. Oh, yeah, red one for sure. Gets a red one bigger. I'm in a happy place now. Yeah. And then when you come out and turn the key on, the fuel pump can't spin. Right. Well, then the fuel pump can't spin. What happens? It gets angry. Right? Like, and like all those positives, one. all those electrons and all those neutrons, <laughs> they don't go around anymore. And then all, let all the smoke out of your fuel pump. So it turns out this is a big problem with Hondas. There's, there are quite a few Honda scooters that have this problem. There's some BMW scooters that have the problem too. But if it presents as, I rode my bike here, I tried to ride my bike the rest of the way, it didn't work. And then 30 minutes later when the tow truck shows up, the tow truck driver walks up to your bike, turns the key on, presses the start button, and the fucker starts. Right, so and you look like a dipshit. These are external pumps? No, in, inter- internal. Well, yeah, they're inside the pump. They're just a, you know, they're just a little tiny... Mitsubishi or not motor that you'd see in any fuel pump anywhere that's just a normal DC fuel pump. 
except for the fact that the impeller is just a little bit too closely machined to the housing size. And the impeller expands, but the housing doesn't. Because that one Honda fuel pump, on, yeah. uh, like the Ruckus, yep. it has to be something about a piston pump. It's it or a diaphragm That's a, plunger that's a diaphragm pump. Plunger yeah. yeah, that's a diaphragm pump. And the Ruckus is in the Metropolitans. Yeah. All right, guys, I got a good one for you. Oh. Honda CBR300RA. 2015-2016. This is the most heartbreaking recall. Well, easy, steady now, John. I know. It's going to hurt you. Honda. It's going to hurt you, buddy. It's going to hurt you. I know that it says CBR, but I'm going to tell you, if you have a Honda and it has the word 300 in it, mm-hmm. you're fucked. Okay? The silver plating of the connecting rod bearing retainer could corrode due to improper machining of the crank pin hole. Crank pin hole? I know. Over time, this <laughs> could cause... I say corrode. That sounds more like erode. Yeah. Over time, this could cause the engine to stop. <laughs> <laughs> or, or stall without warning and <laughs> fail see. to restart. That's called blowed up. A Honda motor has never done <laughs> it's that. It's called blowed until up. Until now. <laughs> this could place the rider in a dangerous situation oh, where injuries yeah, exactly. could occur, meaning rectal cranial inversion. <laughs> right? So if you're not aware of this, I mean, you guys will remember when we did our shootout, right? We did our little shootout of our fun little pea shooter bikes, our 300cc bikes, and... I've been kind of waiting. I didn't want to spring this on anybody, but you notice we didn't have a Honda. We had that little Honda uh, CB300X. Or CBR? It, it wasn't a CBR. It wasn't a fully fared, right? It was the, right, it yeah. was the standard version. Yeah, it was the standard version, yeah. right? Okay, but anyway. So everybody seemed to like that. Everyone loved it, and like it was great. One, so. so it turns out. So you're out riding bikes with your friends the other day. And the other day. And... I didn't want to really do this until we had all the information. If you guys listen to Misfits, I know our, our lovely Miss Emma has mentioned about the motor rebuilds, plural, that she's done to the small Honda engines. These did three you know hun- about this? I did. I've known about this for a long time. And we've had a couple of them come through here. And so now I have to just, we have to say it. So, breaking news, Breaking news, guys. If you have a Honda CBR, if you have a Honda 300, Get it, or at least get your fucking VIN, and call the dealer ASAP. Because here's what happened. They've had a crank failure. And there are other ones. Look, I'm not, we're not even done with the hat yet. Okay? But I'm going to stop the hat game just because <laughs> this could go on all night. And literally, it can go on all night. Because in a period of just two years, eliminating all the weirdo manufacturers nobody's ever heard of, I found over 430 recalls that could affect motorcycles that we or our listeners ride. But this Honda one in particular kind of chaps my ass because I love Hondas. Well, I love that it brings us right back around to the bloat motor. It does. <laughs> and I knew you'd like that, and that's why we kind of did what we did. I know. We're friends. We work well together. So here's the problem. The problem is people go out and enjoy their motorcycles, as they do. You buy a motorcycle, you want to have a good time. And it's not even like you're buying a 20-year-old motorcycle. You're buying a 340 40-year-old motorcycle – it's a 300, sure, but you're still going to ride on the freeway. You're still going to do cool shit with it. You're going to ride the bike around. Well, if you go to YouTube and you look at YouTube and you type up in CBR or CB300 failure, 
you're going to find a lot of fucking videos of people that have got the connecting rods hanging out of the bottom of their fucking motors. And these things fail because the metallurgy of the parts that they're putting in the bikes in China or Thailand or wherever this particular motor comes from. Was that, would that be Malaysian? It could be Malaysian. Oh, my God, that's fucking great. I, you know what? And it might be Cambodium. <laughs> Cambodium. Well, that was one of the things I was going to say about yeah. whenever we were talking about heat and stoichiometric yeah. mix is also metallurgy. Metallurgy. And so... Because that was the problem with some of the Stellas and yep. their the, bearing cages yep. and stuff like that. So the bearing cages would fail. Straight up fail. And this is what's happening on these Honda motors is it's not the motor that's failing. It's not the crank that's failing. It's not the piston that's failing. And it's not the goddamn cylinder that's failing. It's the bullshit cage on the bullshit bearing that they decided to use for the bottom end. So it's a bearing cage failure. Identically. (sighs) Right? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It, But that's a four-stroke motor. It is. So that, you know, with the two-strokes... And they had bearing cage. We thought it was sling out that they, that mm-hmm. somehow that that mm-hmm. bearing was right. drying out because of the wrong you oil and stuff like that. Right. But this is a four stroke, so well, it should be almost literally getting bathed in oil. It's living in oil, so it's just weak metallurgy. And keep in mind that these little three hundred motors run fucking hot. They're EPA approved. They're leaner than shit. Nobody's afraid to scream a Honda because you're not supposed exactly. to have to worry about it. And it's a brand out. new bike. It's only two, three years old. You didn't pay more than four or five grand for it. Ring the tits off that fucker. Go 90 miles an hour, right? Except for the fact that the bottom ends break. Hmm. And when they break, it's epic. And some of the things I've seen are people riding out the back end until you can see the fucking threads in the tires. Hmm. Okay? Going from 85 to nothing, Right? A long drop and a sudden stop. Does Mazzuchelli make a CBR <laughs> Do they make a CBR crank? <laughs> well, here's the problem. And this is something we have to guide. Then this is the point. This is the circle back moment for this. A lot of guys didn't know about that. And a lot of guys showed up at their fucking shop or they showed up their dealership and they said, my bike, you know, go boom, boom, no more. Okay. Or my elbows, all the blood came out. Okay. And they usually met somebody like me that was like, man, you feel fucking stupid, don't you? Right? Or they met somebody that didn't know that there was a recall on these machines. Because unless you're working at the goddamn dealership, and unless you open up the fucking technical bulletins, the technical service bulletins, unless you open those up and read them, you may not know that there's a recall on that machine. Right. And you may tell the guy that because he installed his own fucking, you know, Puco Vinci pipe on the back and he drilled out his fucking jet or he fucking put on a goddamn EPROM he bought off of eBay to make his fucking bike run cooler or run more powerful or whatever, or he installed some aftermarket horse shit to his bike or changed the sprocket 19 different ways from Sunday so he could do sick fucking wheelies, right. right? You may tell this guy that he done fucked his own hat. But he may be an innocent fucking victim in this situation. So well, they try to cover it up. So they can't know. I mean, yeah, okay. Any sure. company tries to cover sure. it up until they can't cover I'm it up. I'm not going to rule that out. But here's what I am going to tell you What the factory hath assembled, let no man rebuild. In the old days, you could rebuild a motor nine times 
and that son of a bitch would work nine times. Mm-hmm. But today's market... Oh, with, seven. Yeah, okay, seven, for, for sure. You didn't get but to nine by accident. It's cross-industry, though. I mean, I think what you're going to say... Yeah. What is Emma? Go ahead. I, I don't care what you say. Right. I want to know what Emma says. Well, I don't... Again, when the motor was built originally at the factory, most of the time it was built by a robot. That robot will not fuck up. A 13-year-old. A 13-year-old holding a really, really smart impact driver <laughs> that knows how many turns to make it before it stops and knows what the torque should be before it stops. Yeah. The, the impact driver that drives in those bolts is smarter than the person holding the impact driver. I don't think torque has ever been an issue. It's torque, it's counts of turns, it's everything. I'm going to tell you, I've been in these factories. I've watched them build motors. I've been in many different factories and watched a lot of different motors being built. Stuff that would make you go like, wow, that shit is old school by today's standards. Or that robot has nine fucks to give, right? <laughs> like, this, That's not right. Seriously. When I see different motors being built in different arrangements and different circumstances, what I learn is that some companies believe in a human being turning a wrench to a certain feeling and going, yes, that's the right tension. And then other companies say, this robot tells this robot's dick how many turns to make. And it's every single time it's the exact same way. And it can detect a cross thread. It can detect a fucking loose hole. It can detect all these things and go, "Uh uh-oh, red light comes on, motor gets stopped, throw that one away. Put the commonality between between all those recalls. You could have a robot that assembles it perfectly, and it might be perfectly assembled. Right. But what did it... What did they assemble it with? Exactly. So now you're exactly right. So the failure point is not the robot. The failure point is the shit inside the motor because it wasn't up to standard. And keeping the parts up to a standard is where things fall apart. Now, the robot built it the first time. But unless I take that motor and send it to the robot again... You're fucked. You're not going to do it as well as the Because Johnny robot. fucking 13 bucks an hour over here is not going to put that motor together the second time. Plus he's hung over a little bit. Or, and he's working with lowest bidder gasket kits. Well, we're talking about the big end bearing on a crank. Yes, we are. So how do you change the big end bearing on a crank? You replace it with a new crank. Well, or you have to press the crank apart. Well, you replace it with a new crank. Well, okay. We all know that. I you mean, put a new crank in. Preferably, I would do a whole crank assembly. But the point is, you got to undo a thousand fasteners to get to that crank. Take it all apart. Exactly. And so when you undo a thousand fasteners and scrape off 15 gaskets and, and get to where that crank is and you How replace that crank in these? there. huh? How much can I make doing these? It doesn't even matter. You're undoing all of it. those perfect torques. Honda is going to pay you the least number of hours possible, so you're already pissed off about it. Yeah, like 500, <laughs> right? maximum 500 okay. bucks for right. as a dealer to maximum. rebuild. What you would take and do it in your living room for 14 hours, they're going to pay you three or four hours to do. Yep. So you're already pissed off about it because now you're going to make less billable hours on this motor rebuild than the fucking six tire changes you could do instead. Mm-hmm. Rip it apart, slap it back together, and try to get it, give them a tail light warranty. Good luck. Exactly. Now, here's the problem. Nobody I know has had any great experience with motors what have been rebuilt by humans. Okay. So the factory built it right the first time, but they built it with a part inside that was wrong. So now you've unbuilt it at high stress. I mean, high heat. I mean, boom. That's how you unbuilt it. So you unbuilt it with maximum violence. You put a hole in it with maximum violence. Mm -hmm. And now the factory is going to admit that they fucked up. And they're going to pay John four hours of labor to unfuck it. 
They should just send you a motor. Exactly. They should. Because what's happened with Honda is many, many times, too many than I can count, customers have taken their bikes back to the dealership, and the dealers either said, this is your fault, you got to come out of pocket 1800 and rebuild it on your dime, or we are going to rebuild it for you, and six months later, you'll get your bike back, but then three months later, it'll fail again. You're right. They should give you a new fucking motor, or they should give you a new fucking bike. Uh, cross industry, though, mm-hmm. I mean, not, this yeah. isn't related to motorcycles, right. but it kind of is. Yeah. The concrete they used to use was 10,000 PSI. Exactly. I mean, it breaks oh. at 10,000. Right. The concrete they use now is 3,500 psi. Right. It breaks they it used to over-engineer everything. <laughs> yeah. You could have a pump running at like 50% of it. Half that pump could be gone inside, and it would still it's be still pumping. Fine. And, it, and it yeah. might not be as efficient, but it's still running. But now they make everything so close to tolerance yep. that any tiny little, uh, if it goes off, uh, if the tolerance changes one little tiny bit, it blows the whole thing up. Absolutely. So you could have a, a CB350 motor running on like, you know, 20 PSI low. It still runs. And remember that our CB3, our CB300 today is bought by the same person that bought a CBR250 mm-hmm. 20 years ago. But it's Son putting out bitch. 40% more power. Right, so it's higher stress. Because the demands, the demands of the yeah. product are so much higher than they were 20, 30 years ago. Mm. So, yeah, when we see an old Ninja 250, and we're like, oh, it'd go 80 miles an hour down the road. Holy shit, that's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And now a guy wants to buy a Ninja, you know, th- I'm sorry, 300, 300 or uh, CBR 300. He wants to go 100 miles an hour out of the same exact displacement and for the same exact paycheck. We're asking the motors to do so much more, or we go off. We go offshore to make that happen, and we put shitty components in them, and then they blow the fuck up. You can't fix that shit. So here's my game. This is my takeaway the for best people thing who you are, could do is to buy an old bike and fuel inject it for well, anybody out there listening. Listen. How about this for people who want to who have motorcycles? Here's the thing I found out. I got recalls in here for fucking the world's most unkillable motorcycle, the V-Strom. Mm. I got a recall in here in my hat. Talks about a cam that fails hmm. after about 15,000 wow. miles. I bet you there's no recalls in that hat for a 1966 Superhawk. I'll bet you there's not. So, I bet you're right. Pro tip. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. get the Superhawk. Yeah. Uh, right. But anyway, yeah. the point being, here's my thing. If you got a motorcycle and you listen to this podcast, and your bike's anything less than 20 years old, if your bike starts running weird and you don't know why it's running weird... Take that VIN off the fucking neck of your motorcycle, mm. write it down in your best f- fucking Aramaic shit on the back of your hand, run into the house, get your wife to fire up Google for you or your eight-year-old kid, and smash that shit into fucking HTSA or whatever, and you can find a recall notice for your bike. Or call the local dealer you haven't called in nearly too long. So call them and find out if there's any recalls on your shit. Because that R3 that we've got in the room with us right now has got three goddamn recalls on it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's in here. Now, any one of those things could present as a problem to a future owner to the bike, and they might think that they got to throw some money in that bitch. But you might just be able to take it to your dealer and say bye-bye to your bike for two or three months because they're back to fuck up anyway because your dumbass waited until April or March to bring it in. Or bring it in November, and you might see it in a week and a half. It's shocking how many recalls there are. You'd be surprised at how many recalls are on every motorcycle out there. Rather than you dip into your own pocket to get those things fixed or chase your tail trying to fucking adjust a carburetor 19 different times when it could be a cam. 
And if your you cam's not way. right, what's you that? Usually Learn the hard way. You do like learn my the hard BV500, way. BV500, yep. I learned the hard way. Right. And remember, these are recalls. So these this are wasn't recalls. just the outlook. No. If you make a million bikes, right. one's going to be And bad. this isn't Two's on your dime. Some of them are going to be bad. You're, you, right. you, nobody's perfect. Right. I, I don't give it. But these are recalls. So to reach recall level, yep. that means it was more than just, uh, you yeah. know, the bell, the right. outflyers on the bell curve. It's a lot it was, of motherfuckers. It was one blown Thousands. up motor here or two. Right. It, this is this is numbers. Right. So here's the game. Before you go crazy, or if you go, I'm totally in love with this motorcycle. One, take a look and see if there's any recalls for it. You might not be in love with that motorcycle anymore. Or if your bike's having a problem, check to see if there's any recalls on it. Or if you're a guy who does spin wrenches for a living. Before you dive deep and tear this fucking Bergman motor out of a Bergman, I don't know if anybody's ever taken a 650 Bergman motor out of a bike. It uh, is fucking awful. I hope so you never do that. King Tut from it is too. terrible. And it turns out they have a fucking cam problem. Ooh. And it turns out they have a recall. Wouldn't it be nice if that was Suzuki's problem and not yours? Yeah. That'd be super duper cool. So... If you own the bike, though, ultimately it's still your problem, even if Suzuki has to fix it. Somebody's got to fix it. Yeah. So it's always your problem. I'd rather have to get it to Suzuki than have to get it apart. I like the warranty that you don't have to use. Yeah, that's the best warranty ever. So I have a two-part question. Yeah, go ahead. So first of all, has Zero had any recalls? Ooh. Zero has had a voluntary thing that they did regarding some of the batteries from 2013. Okay, but mechanic-wise, And some of the chargers. So some of the chargers and some of the batteries, they basically said, hey, you... We know you have this bike. So if you take that bike to your dealer, we're going to squeeze a new battery into it that's two years newer technology than one you've got because we might have had a fucking problem. And we're not saying you've had a problem. We're saying the problem exists. So a lot of times companies will take care of shit quietly through the form of a technical service bulletin before it becomes a recall. I'm going to tell you, if it hits a recall status, the shit has truly hit the fan. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a fucking problem. Yeah. Right. Second yeah. part of that question. So you're talking about metallurgy, and a yeah. lot of these problems come from the fact that, like, the metallurgy of somebody's parts and the yes, tolerances with internal combustion engines are tighter. Oh, and all yeah. This stuff. So do you think moving to electric bikes more and more, the metallurgy, I'm not talking about, like, the frame or something, but a lot of the internal components made by different manufacturers, yeah. do you think that that'll be less of a problem moving forward since there's less moving parts and stuff? Is that yes, another absolutely. The, positive factor if to the you, whole. Yeah, when you only have 11 how moving often, parts in your motorcycle. How, how often <laughs> do I have to change the oil in my Zero? Exactly zero Coming fucking times. <laughs> how often do I have to change the liquid coolant in my Zero? Right. This is all right. well, true. That's, yeah, that's I mean, so there's two levels. There's two things that you don't even have to you worry about. You don't even about. touch anymore. Now, yeah, speaking gone. to a little bit about metallurgy, you can over-rev an electric motor. Right. Right. But I would think they that... They have I'm, to have a controller that would stop that. But it's all controlled. So, I mean, right. you're it'll only going to be able to... Sync, it'll, it'll, it wants to be at synchronous speed, so yeah. it's not going to... With an electric motorcycle, the only issue is going to be bearings. Right. Um, that that really is it. Mm-hmm. Coming from somebody who comes from the radio control exactly. hobby, uh, yeah. bearings is always the issue. Yeah, absolutely. And then are, do you want reliability or are you racing? Because if you're racing, then you take your bearings apart and right. make them as sloppy as you possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. can. Right. Well, yeah. the thing, too, is, okay, so that motor's in there and it's riding on bearings. Yeah. There, There's no way to change the grease that's in those bearings. You don't need to. 
They're no. sealed bearings. Right. So no. I like I said, when was the last time you changed the grease in your elevator bearings in the terminal tower? But they have things called yeah. aircraft. Oh God, I don't know. Air, <laughs> aircraft bearings, <laughs> right. which there yeah. are sealed bearings yep. that are good for good fifty thousand miles, yeah. fifty thousand RPM. Yeah. Oh no yeah. No problem. Yeah. So you got it. Go ahead. Third part of this. Yeah. So there was a dude talking online, and they were talking about electric bikes and stuff, and they said, you know, there's no way that they're going to be completely viable to take over the market in at least fifteen years. And I said, I think you're sleeping. Yeah, I think he's sleeping. So yeah. what, what do you think the time frame before we're starting to talk? We're going to talk about this next week because we've got a very special thing happening on Tuesday. Okay. So Tuesday, some shit's going to happen. Not here in California. Ah. Uh, but on Tuesday, I'm going to be involved in some shit that I'll report back to you guys. But as of Tuesday, the real estate around here might change a little bit. Huh? Um, cool. Our perspective on what's around us might change a little bit. Well, I would, you know, you say take over the market. Yeah. I don't think electric vehicles in general are right. ever going to take over, are ever going to take over the market. Yeah. But, but you, there's they'll definitely be able to have a, a major presence in the market. Well, they're, 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 it's, it's a take, long I game. I think they're going to take over the market. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's pushes. You see it, so you see a day when the internal combustion engine dies. I see a day in my lifetime, and I'm 50. I see a day in my lifetime where in order to run an internal combustion engine down the street, you got to have a historical plate on the back. You're going to need a license. And look yep. at look what the manufacturers are doing. I mean, I don't tax. see a day in my lifetime where I won't yeah. be able to run. You'll be <laughs> able to. I'm not saying you won't be able to, but I'm saying it's going to have to be. Because I'm just fighting You're going to be the only non-smart vehicle on the road. Yeah. And so you're going to be the only vehicle on the road that could run into him. I believe it. Yeah. My daughter came home from school, right. and she said that, it's pretty, you know, eventually there will all only be smart vehicles and Correct. self-driving vehicles yeah. and that they will have, uh, what was it, uh, vehicle farms yeah. where you just go there to a depot yeah. and you jump in the car and you tell it where to go and it takes you there. You got it. Like Personal transportation. Well, I mean, look at, like, VW now is not putting, they're putting $0 right. into any racing that's not electric. I, I just read that. And yeah. I think other BMW man- killed the Formula One or whatever. Right, yeah. 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 The only the issue with that is because of Dieselgate, and they're trying it's to VW, save right? face <laughs> They're trying that, to literally walk back. That, that really is the, the issue. <laughs> no, it is, but, but at the same time. correct yeah. Volvo's yeah. Right? <laughs> Well, what has Volvo raced in recently? Oh, exactly. Volvo's admitted they're they're not even going to put any. But you see, yeah. the biggest thing about but, Volvo is commercial. So right. yeah, you know, they're a big deal. That's true. Hey guys, in case you were worried about the health and safety and the future of Harley Davidson, in case you were worried, <laughs> it's not. okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay because next year, to make sure that large heavy Harley Davidsons stay relevant. Moto America will be racing baggers at Laguna Seca. <laughs> mm-hmm. The world is a crazy place, and if you need more proof, check this out. Moto America has just announced a bagger racing class for July 11th at Laguna Seca. Now, for people who don't know, Laguna Seca is a racetrack. It's a world superbike, a.k.a. MotoGP road racing course that races, you know, cars and motorcycles and other capable vehicles. Fairly technical. Highly technical. Mm -hmm. And there's a particular part of this race course, a very particular part of this race course called the corkscrew. And what happens is just after you're done climbing a hill, going up an incredibly steep hill for a racetrack, because racetracks are supposed to be flat except for when they have massive elevation changes like this. So it turns out that you can run up this giant 
elevation change. And then right when you get to the top of it and you can't see what's coming over your hillside, then all of a sudden the road drops out, the floor drops out from to the left, and the road takes a left. Blind. Because fuck you. And your motorcycle that was now leaning at the hard right on full power going up the hill has to lean to the hard left and unload all your suspension. And then go to the right again. Yeah. They're going to put like one inch scrape plates on the bottom. Oh, I have no fucking goddamn idea. I mean, I literally have no goddamn idea. And it scares the shit out of me because I have ridden on that racetrack. It sounds like it'd be fun to watch. Well, again, it's (laughs) always fun to watch an idiot (laughs) fucking do something he shouldn't be doing with the wrong shit. Um, That's going to leave a mark. It's going to leave a mark. (laughs) So for your your approval, I've included a photograph of the last time that MotoGP raced, you know, 2013 or 14 there. Um, So you'll see that the motorcycle number 52 is leaned over at maximum left lean, right? Y'all got that? Okay. Yep. And you'll see that motorcycle number 46 with this fucking lunatic Valentino Rossi guy, he's at maximum right lean, right? And these are motorcycles that are engineered to do it. And as you can see in this particular photograph, between motorcycle number 52 and motorcycle number 56 is only room for about six motorcycles. Yeah, not much room. Yeah, and so one guy's at maximum speed, maximum velocity, left lean, and the other guy's at maximum speed, maximum velocity, right lean, in the space of about 35 or 45 feet. And an elevation change of about fucking 24 feet. Now, if you think that a fucking Harley-Davidson bagger is going to do that, these are cutting-edge, bleeding-edge racing motorcycles, world-class racing motorcycles with world-class racing motorcycle pilots, and they are making this shit happen. Left lean lock, right lean lock in the space of six motorcycles. Pretty fucking rad. And a really cool... Part yeah. about that for crashes, yeah, yeah, is that because of the elevation change yeah. and the amount of dryness in that yeah, area? Yeah. Oh yeah, um, the rain runoff causes giant ruts. Yeah, so if you oh, go yeah. off Dude. the track in that area, it is you are getting terrifying. Eaten. So now for fun, you can probably hear this coming on. So this is a little thing that happened in 2012. I, I was watching this race when this occurred. Um, so in 2012, um, MotoGP for people who aren't motorcycle enthusiasts, MotoGP is truly where psychosis happens. It's where somebody says, we don't care how big or small it is, it needs to get around the racetrack as fast as goddamn possible. And if the rider doesn't cross the line with the bike, that's okay too. Okay? Right now, they're 264 horsepower and 351 pounds. Yeah, right? I mean, think about that. The (laughs) amount of velocity, the amount of power there. So this picture I'm about to show you guys is Laguna Seca. It's the corkscrew. And what happened here in the, in the little video we're going to show, and we'll put it in the show notes, is the first rider coming through had experienced what's called a technical difficulty, and all the lubricity in his motorcycle had came out. So all the things that keep his motorcycle happy and running decided to get out of the motorcycle, and they went on to the place where that oil goes, which is earth, and uh, went on to the track surface. And so the oil, um, you'll see the first motorcycle come through here, and you see that, you know, this guy, this fella shown into the scene here, he's not going to be doing so great, right? Oh, no, he's not at all. So that's one down, right? He's and up. He's up. And then there's two, and then three, and then, well, that guy managed to avoid wow. death. And so these guys, these are professional. These are the world's greatest motorcycle racers. And they're coming to the course crew, and you're going to see motorcycles that are quarter of a million dollars flopping into the scene. And so seven motorcycles were involved in this crash. 
because one motorcycle lost a little bit of oil on the inside line of this turn. And you can see the race workers, the corner workers, are trying feverishly to slow these guys down. But it's hard to slow down motorcycles when fucking other 350-pound motorcycles are being launched at you. Mm -hmm. It's hard to keep your focus on saving other lives when you're trying to dodge a flying motorcycle. But Phil, Harley-Davidson's yeah. never lose oil. <laughs> no, they never leak a fucking drop, especially not when they've been leaned hard left and right several times on several laps. And they hardly ever fall over either. As they I've, never overheat. No, they never overheat. They never fall down. Nothing. So that's from 2012 when a properly teched, properly designed, engineered racing motorcycle lost a little bit of oil going into the corkscrew. And you see what happened after that. All these guys who are the world-class best road racers in the world crashed and got hurt. And their bikes got damaged and couldn't race anymore at a quarter million dollars a tick. And some fucking idiot decided it was a good idea to let baggers go on fucking Laguna Seca. I wonder if they're going to be like scrambler baggers Where so that the pipes come up and over the, the yeah. bags. Oh. I don't get think them up so. Out of the way. I think it's going to be any asshole in the fucking crowd... Oh, that, parking lot No, drags. I think this is going to be idiocracy. Oh, yeah. I think this is literally going to be Donald Trump's limousine going around the fucking Daytona 500 track. <laughs> that was funny. Right? Yeah. It's going <laughs> to be massive fucking American flags <laughs> yep. with huge greased up biceps going, <laughs> fuck yeah, riding a fucking bagger around Laguna Seca. Now, to everybody who, to me, worships at the church of racing, like, right. to me, racing is my altar. It's the fastest, the best, the the pinnacle of achievement for a two-wheeled vehicle. The opposite of a bagger. It's how you get around the track. So when people say, like, isn't an MP3 better yeah. than a regular one? If it was, Hell Valentino no. Rossi would be riding it. Right. Right? It's like NASCAR using pickup trucks. Exactly. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. It's pandering to the base fucking level of bullshit. Yep. So here's what it is. I had if, one of them typhoons, man. That thing was fast, man. But Dude, this is like having an orgy in your fucking Catholic temple. This is all this is. This is like goat fucking for Jesus. There's no way that I can be behind this at Fuck all. Fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus? Right. This is it. I mean, I like everything is wrong with this. The idea of putting a bagger on Laguna Seca mm. is the violation of my fucking church. And I'm not out there anymore scraping pegs. That's not what I do. Are they going to make them wear full it. face helmets? Or They're, is it going to be exactly. the <laughs> Shorties, baby. Yeah. Full face shorties. They're going to come up with a whole new helmet. It's a full face shorty. shorty. Yeah, it's going to be. They're going to go back the whole to the motorcross. just look like a skull. Yeah. yeah. What's the That's lowest it. point in a bagger? Is it the pegs or is it the bags? No, it's the operator. You can't get any lower than uh, fucking Harley operator. That's it. The, uh, uh, but that's real. pegs anyway. They're yeah, floorboards. This is our right, joke right. segue. I know. But What's I the know difference between one. a Harley and a Hoover? Location of the dirt bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, fuck you if you're going to hate me because I rode an FLHP more last year than anybody should. And you leaned it more than anybody Again, should. I picked it and up off the ground. out more... Parts. Right. Right. I see Laguna Seca in your future, man. Fuck that. You kidding me? I would ride a goddamn Vespa around Laguna Seca in a fucking New York minute. You probably win. Look, uh, I rode in a publicity stunt many, many years ago. They gave, uh, loaned Malaguti scooters to many celebrities Ben Bostrom, Nikki Hayden, uh, Ewan McGregor, a bunch of people all got kick-ass beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and I was there shepherding them around. Hey, hey, guys, track is this way. Keep going this direction. It's clockwise. <laughs> guys, I'm Phil Waters. Right. Just fucking, just <laughs> please 
always go the same direction. And the funny thing was, that was our only rule. The rule that year that we were told was that I was supposed to go out and keep all these celebrities, including world-class road racers, on 50cc bikes that de-restricted could go 49 and a half miles an hour. And my whole job was to keep them going in the same goddamn direction. Would you like to know what happened when all these celebrities got to the bottom of the corkscrew? Same thing we see here. <laughs> no, what happened is all of them went, fuck that. I'm Mickey around. Hayden. Fuck that. I'm Ben Bostrom. Fuck that. I'm Will Stoner. Fuck that. Or Casey Stoner. Fuck that. I'm Ewan McGregor. We're going to turn around and ride these things back up the corkscrew and do it again. Mm-hmm. And you know what we did? We made several runs at the corkscrew on Malaguti 50cc scooters with 12-inch wheels. In and you know lap. what we did? We had fun. And they took a bunch of pictures of it. And Malaguti was thrilled because they got all these pictures of these fucking dickheads riding their scooters around. And we all got badass fucking race team helmets. And it looked pretty cool in our shorts and T-shirts and whatever else. It was cool, man. We had a good weekend. It was fun. But it was still 49cc pieces of shit riding yep. down the goddamn corkscrew. And you've got you, a great picture with you and McGregor. Yeah, he's grabbing my ass. Um, you mentioned Casey Stoner. <laughs> yeah. The MotoGP itself is such an on-the-edge sport Yeah, that if you, as a rider, don't feel 100% into it, you're probably going to die. Yeah, yeah. And he, Casey Stoner was considered the best rider in the world. Uh-huh. He was the top of his game. And he went into the next season, he didn't feel it, and he quit. Because no. he knew that if he raced that season, he was probably going to die. It. Yeah. That's crazy that Dude, your job is like... MotoGP can... riders who are the greatest fucking in their world, they go to Isle of Man and say the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. go to Isle of Man and they're like, you know what? It ain't worth it. Mm. It ain't worth it. There are things in my life where I've always been like, wow, your nuts are big. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, your nuts are big. And then when Oscar and I went to Isle of Man last year, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. That's it. I'm never going to try to go fast a day in my life ever again. Oh, hell Because no. I can't even begin <laughs> to go as fast as those fucking guys are. When you get and, on that bike, you have to be You have to be like, you into it. Like, I'm doing this. It's, it's the scariest thing in the world. Commitment. You got to beat a ball, dude. Yeah, you got to beat a ball. It's just so fucking scary. And that's that thing where that hush comes over everybody when they get there. The second you get there and you're like, we're going to have a blast. And then like it sets in real quick how real it is. And you're like, motorcycles are fun and awesome and cool. And then you're like, motorcycles are fucking to be respected. That's like that dude that did the the guy who did the documentary about the TT. Yeah. Um, he did it just as a journalist. Yeah, he did it as a and journalist. He followed it, yeah. and he was like so excited about being there. Oh yeah, and he was following these three guys, and halfway through the race, he was so worried about the terrified that he he didn't enjoy himself anymore. Absolutely terrified. Yeah, absolutely terrified. <clears throat> hey, guys, want to know what motorcycle is going to be out next year? Tell us. I can tell you there's a really interesting way to find out what motorcycles are going to be out next year. When or what? No, what. Oh, what. Okay. It turns out there's a secret way that you can figure out, despite the manufacturer's bullshit, whether or not they're going to actually bring out a certain motorcycle next year. This is CT125 coming out. Does it have something to do with the National Safety Institute or anything like that? Patents? Easier. California Air Resources Board. Their documents are public. Now, here's what's really, really interesting. Turns out we're going to use, in this particular instance, one of our podcast listeners turned me on to an interesting tip that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. We were talking about flat track racing, and we were talking about the Harley-Davidson liquid-cooled 750s mm-hmm. and how, as a result of the hat I have hanging up on the wall over there <laughs> and the video we saw, the movie we saw, and the racing we saw, that Harley-Davidson the was Kool-Aid clearly, we drank. Kool-Aid we drank was clearly going to bring out 
um, a flat track version of its Indian built Street 750 or Street Rod, as right. it were. And we were like, yeah, they got to do that because that's why they're ramping up this fucking promo bullshit. Like, you're not stroking me unless you want to do something with me later, right? <laughs> okay. Turns out we were wrong. Fluffed. Mm. We were fluffed. Because it turns out that Harley Davidson has submitted exactly zero 750cc motorcycles to the California Air Resources Board for approval for the 2020 season. Or is it going to be 48 states? Hold on. Despite the fact that their website clearly shows a 2020 street rod and a 2020 750 street. Okay? And it doesn't doesn't show (laughs) a 500 street. But it turns out they did submit the 500 Street hmm. for approval for CARB, approval for the next year. So it turns out what they might be doing is they might be taking some 20, 20, 20, 2019s and you know, lightly massaging the VIN so they can get uh-huh. rid of the last few that might be stragglers, those wow. last few kicking around, you know, pop that M where that K used to be, or that, you know, et cetera. You know, we know how VINs Three work. Three to eight. Tenth digit. Yeah, <laughs> tenth digit is all that matters. Okay, but it turns out this is great. So I got this from Motorcycle.com, talking about CARB certification for Harley-Davidson's. At the moment, the only 883 Sportster certified for 2020 is the Iron 883. The Super Low, gone. The Roadster, gone. Or oh, I'm sorry, the Roadster, the Iron 1200, and the 48 are returning. The 1200 Custom and the 48 Special are gone. Harley-Davidson has omitted these from CARB approval. That's a big deal. And it's really interesting when you start looking at the manufacturers to find out who's going to be there and who's not. That's pretty fucking cool. So Harley-Davidson is going to be putting a lot more of its energy into those 1250s like the Panamera and the Bronx and all that shit we saw at the motorcycle show. So that's where they're putting their energy, not into these uh, 750s, the Indian-built Liquid cooled 750s. I think we need a sharpie for going to go down in history as being one of the. I know, which is going to go down in history as one of the shortest run Harley Davidsons ever. I mean, shorter than Buell. So these liquid cooled Indian built 750s, they're not going to be around very long. And uh, for people, they said uh, to test that they went through Harley Davidson's carb filings going back to 1982. Oh wow! So they checked their homework to make sure they weren't just blowing smoke, and they checked. And Harley Davidson, yes, since 1982, carb filings have equaled. Motorcycles sold in dealerships. I have a quick question. Go ahead. Have, has anybody had a chance to ride one of these bikes? I have. We have had several customers with them. What was your impression? I mean, it I, felt exactly the same as a 1984 <laughs> 500 Shadow, despite the 750 cc's. So, mm-hmm. the way that I can describe the bike for all of us sitting here, because we've ridden them. Mm-hmm. It gives power the exact same way that a VT500 Shadow did. Now, it's clattery because it's chain drive, so it doesn't have the smoothness of a 1980s 500 shaft. shaft. Yep. It doesn't have the smoothness. It's a unit motor, though, so it it doesn't have a, yeah. Yep, it is. Yep, it is. It's strange to say it. The motor is a happy accomplice. The motor's a good motor. It's a liquid-cooled, you know, V-twin motor. It does not deliver power as ferociously, though, as the 500 Shadows did. So the 500 Interceptors, which were a four-cylinder, and the 500 Shadows, which were a twin, they had very different personalities. But you could still get onto a 500 Shadow, spin her up, dump the clutch, and What's catch What's like a 10,000 RPM? Oh, that there is 10. There is, do, not, do not go for 10,000 RPM. Uh-huh. That is not <laughs> part of the build. Shadows are three-valve, too. Yeah, Shadows are three-valves. 
And so the Shadow is, in my opinion to this day, the Shadow is a better motor than that uh, the 750. So the 500 Shadow is a better motor than the 750 Indian-built Harley-Davidson motor, liquid-cooled, you know, uh, small block. So, yeah, that's, I did not like it. I did not like it. Sam, I am. Yeah. I did not like green eggs and ham. The, uh, yeah, I did not care for it. And it just it didn't do it for me. And I rode it around and everything about it. I didn't like the ergos. I didn't like the way the brakes felt. I didn't like the way the frame felt. And for a brand new motorcycle that's not a cheap motorcycle either and has a Harley-Davidson badge on it, it felt to me like it was. We were joking last week about, like, I think this used to be a Liberty ship from World War II. I think this was built by an 8-year-old. I think the welds were done by somebody who shouldn't be doing welds or some machine that shouldn't be doing welds. Enfield-esque. It was very sad. And so I didn't like it. Now, other people have said they do like it, but I'm going to fucking tell you. Go ride one for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go ride one. Borrow one, whatever. Rent one. I don't care what the fuck you do. But that, even Harley Davidson, Harley Davidson has said for a very short period of time, we're going to do this. This is going to be our small displacement. Now, remember, their next small displacement is going to be a 350cc Benelli made in China with a Harley badge on it and a different shaped tank. Right. That's the next flavor of the month but which is a really good bike again i like it yeah but yeah. that ain't a 750 and it ain't a 5 hondo definitely What's not the cost going to be too it's exactly more than that right now am i going to buy the benelli or am i going to buy the harley right and you're comparing their 750 to a 1980 diggity i know you know and that's the bitch of it you certainly wouldn't compare it to a cb 500 no. the new cb no, 500 and, have you ever ridden a, a 500 magna so, like, the 500 Magnus were a weird thing. They were V35 Magnus. I rode on the back of one. They're in super high weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the thing yeah. moved like And they're fucking, fucking fast, right? Yeah. That's like that Interceptor 500cc four cylinder was a queerly, weirdly fast, liquid cooled, revy motor. Wasn't there kind of, that was what was in the Magna 750, right? Yeah, or so, the Ma- so it, yeah, right? well, the Magna, yeah, so the all of them. V30. Yeah, there's yeah. a V30, which is 500cc. There's a V45, which is 750. Right, there's a V42.5, which is a tariff beater 698. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Harley. Yeah. The, the Magna that Harley built. Yeah. And then there's the 1100 or 10, yeah, 1047, which is the V65, gotcha. which V60. don't ever ride one of those unless it's broken. Because if you ride one that's running perfectly, it'll probably kill you. <laughs> so they made that as a Sabre and as a Magna. Mm-hmm. And the Sabre at least was sport bike shaped. Right. Like it looked like all the other big leader bikes. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Magna looked like a fucking sportster. And you'd get on this thing, and you'd be like, oh, let's go. And next I'm, thing you know, you're dead. I've had three of them. I yeah. love the Magna. fucking what, silly. Oh, yeah. What's Super Magna? That's the Super Magna was 1987, 88, and 89 only. And that was a V40. And so the first ones were 700s. And then they eventually became, when the tariff went away, they eventually became a 750 again. And those are the ones that Arlen Ness designed with the rocket launcher, yeah. four pipes coming up the sides, yeah. the unnecessary scalloping on the side covers, the, the solid rear disc, and... Uh, in arguably one of the greatest 700cc powertrains I've ever ridden because it wasn't as frightening as an Interceptor, but it was a cruiser that liked to rev out to 12,000. That's fucking weird. Shaft drive and everything. So, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're neat. Except for if you have to rebuild the carbs, in which case just fucking stab needles into your eyes. You're done. <laughs> you know? Dick like a needle? I've done that. Dick fun. like a needle, you got to fuck like a sewing machine. Yeah. That's the way it works. The uh, I don't I don't for a second ever 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 
um, ever want to rebuild another one of those fucking V4 racks of carbs ever. Oh, geez. I just, every time I, I think about that now and I'm just like, my hands hurt. How is it? So it's two and two with the... It's two, it's this way. So it's, it's two V twins lashed to each other. They're scissoring. Yes, they're scissoring. And they're also at a V45, so the angle's impossibly tight. Right. So the angle's impossibly tight. So at least the angle's impossible. And then the carburetors are going the wrong direction completely. (laughs) And everything is going against gravity. So it's like gravity, let's just ignore that. And then you do all that and you put it into a frame where nothing can be worked on until the motor comes out of the bike. Gotcha. Right. That's the way it works. Are they still like side draft carburetors or are they down draft carburetors? Well, is the fronts are side drafts? sloper drafts. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. I was going to joke. Yeah, really. They're right. They're literally angle drafts. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, they're <laughs> angle drafts. They are neither. Um, they do have float bowls in them, though, mm-hmm. which have a range of operation of one millimeter. So there's one millimeter between starvation and flooding. That's the way it works. Well, they're probably too like some of the sloper Hondas yep. and stuff. Yep. The, the 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 seam for the float. Oh yeah. Is opposite. So yes, the actual fuel level is going across the seam. <laughs> across the seam. It is. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's On not the rear all banks. down in the bowl. Right. It's actually going like this. No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And the PC 800s are like that. They're too. that way too. They're only two, so right. it's easier to. You're exactly right. I can tell you, though, that the the Magna 750, I've been looking at them again online just because I missed mine so much. The problem is (laughs) (laughs) until somebody makes a kit where I can put one fuel injector where those four fucked up carbs could be. They're dead to me. But when they when they run, I mean, I I never had a problem. When they run. Well, no, I'm not. (laughs) The three weeks. I've never had a problem. Valve adjustment in a CBX. Okay. Carburetor cleanliness in a V4 Magna uh, running on pump gas today. Yeah, Impossible. Right. Yeah. You're going to fix it once. It's still going to leak air because, again, what Honda half join, let no man separate. Mm. You can't ever take the carbs away from each other. So right. you have to take them off in situ. And that means the motor has to come out. Yes. Yeah. And that means you have to completely take them apart, completely rebuild sad, them, and then never, so well. ever, ever run out of gas anywhere except for a boat dock ever in your life. Because the second you put pump gas in those things, you're fucked. You might as well just leave the motor, motor running the whole time. The whole time you own it. <laughs> Never shut it off. Never shut it off. <laughs> I had a guy that we did everything, a heroic carburetor rebuild on a bike that he loved that was like one of those things that was like, you know, his grandmother bought it for his grandfather on the 50th <laughs> day that he worked at America. You know, whatever yeah. net and like the whole Summer world, and yeah. The and his whole family lot. got together their pennies, nickels, and dimes and bought him this fucking Magna. And it was the most important Magna in the world. And it had 96,000 miles on it because mm-hmm. he'd ridden it across America 14 times and this whole thing. But it had been sitting for five or six years. And one day he shut it up. while he was like serving the country in Iraq, right? Right. And then he came back as a three star fucking general. And wanted to ride the Magna again. So, like, you know, there's eagles shitting on the national anthem in the background. And they're playing this fucking shit to me while I'm like, well, ma'am, I don't want to work on it because it's a V4 Magna. And the fucking carbs are a bit of a bit biting my ass. But you don't understand America. And I was like, oh, fuck it. We'll work on it. It's and so, a Honda. It's a Honda. And it's, you know. You know, this guy's a hero, and he bought he this thing. He should have been driving a Goldwing. Exactly. He should have been driving a Goldwing. We'd had a chance. So Santa. we did. We rebuilt this thing to within an inch of its life and did every piece of rubber on this fucking bike and then gave the guy a discount. Thank you for your service. And he took the bike, rode it home, and called us four months later. Oh. <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs> hey, uh, doesn't work anymore? 
He rode it exactly nine miles after he left my shop. (laughs) And then it sat for four months with the gasoline that we put in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know what I had to say? Sorry, dude. Fuck your hat. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck your goddamn American (laughs) hat. Your three-star general. Fuck your goddamn three-star general American hat. Because I am not taking that thing apart again. (laughs) Fuck your goddamn hat. Scrambled eggs on the brim and all. I don't give a shit. Fuck your hat. Because I'm not going to take it apart again. And he was super, super salty at me that we wouldn't take it apart. And I've never been so happy to be an enlisted man in my life. Because fuck you, officer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we did. We got we got boned on that deal. And it was tough because we want him to have a good time, right? But just the same, I can't stop a carbureted bike from being a carbureted right. bike. Don't shut them off. Don't shut it off, ever. <laughs> if it's not idling in the parking lot right now, you're treating it wrong. If I don't smell boat gas, if it doesn't come to me with the smell of the sea air, then you put the wrong fucking gas in it, man. Oh, fuck you. Seriously, Rec 90. If you're not putting Rec 90 or boat gas into your old shit with carburetors, you're asking for fucking problems, man. Or Chardon oil, 100% Yeah, Chardon gas. oil. Yep. Just like, you know, what's, you know what those bikes run good on? Gas. Gas, right. Yeah. Do you know what it says in the owner's manual? Gas. Gas. Do you know what you're not supposed to put in them? Anything else. All kinds of weird shit. You know what Johnny has? Gas. <laughs> I love the way the podcast table got so light. Y'all are going over there to bust ass. Gas is bad now. Yeah. My that furnace My furnace took a shit today, and apparently we need a new pilot John, light. John doesn't have... Oh John my. doesn't have Chardon oil. He has Chardon oil. Chardon oil? <laughs> got a little extra Chardon there? I'm oh chewing on God. something. You guys Here are I disgusting. I said all broken-hearted. Paid a quarter and only Chardon. Oh, <laughs> fucking awful, man. Super, super bad. Oh. So, uh, yeah. So, I do want to give you guys a real brief update. Not that we're going to... So, again, Mid-Ohio is a real thing. That's happening this year. Uh, check it out. Go Ohio to... Dump Truck shows up. AMA. Is that this is the name? Dump Truck is... So we ran into Dump Truck. He's an Instagram guy. He's super cool. We like Dump Truck. And he's from Nolens. Can you do his voice? I can't. I really can't. Yeah, that's, he's that's proper He's proper Nolens. So, But he's just like fascinated with the idea of going to AMA Vintage Days. Because, again, if you haven't heard about AMA Vintage Days... You're not listening. You're not fucking listening. And you, don't, you just don't understand. And you don't get you it. Yeah. And... Here's the crazy thing is normally I'm careful about telling people to show up to a thing because, like, it might not live up to the fucking expectations, right? Right, right. Uh-uh. Fuck you. If you have a bad time at AMA Vintage Days, your ass wanted to have a bad time at AMA Vintage Days. It is your own goddamn fault. Vintage Days is the equivalent. (laughs) (laughs) Vintage Days is the equivalent of the Beatles coming to America every year. Yeah, it is. It is. And AMA Vintage Days is also... Like you said, it is Burning Man, it is Woodstock, it is fucking Comic-Con, it is everything ever where like-minded assholes got together and said, just fucking have fun, man. But here's the thing, if if you don't party, if you're not a party guy, if you are like a a motorcycle nerd, whatever, you can still get... If you're a curator. No, 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 you can can still get up at 6 a.m. and go and watch Trials, and then go watch MX. Like, you could have... You could be the biggest fucking stick-in-the-mud statistician ever. Right. You could be a BMW rider and completely enjoy yourself there. No, right, yeah. Again... At least That's three like times, at least two, three times per weekend, I get my shit figured out and go down there and give a seminar <laughs> to people in a tent who are hanging on every fucking word. 
that I'm going to give them that they could be getting on this podcast for free, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, Same shit, but I'm giving them data. I'm giving them information, and they're down there, and they're like writing notes down and shit. And like AMA Vintage Day is a big deal for them. They learn. They actually learn. All made up. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Put whatever you want in your bike. 94 octane and everything. The, That's best, what you do. the best thing yeah. in the history of your, your talks down there, though, yeah. is you're giving a talk about carburetors, and you open with, the best thing that happens to carburetors was fuel injection. Exactly. Hopefully we'd never have to go back to <laughs> Raise your hand if you have a fuel-injected motorcycle. Well okay, done. you guys are on the right path. Right. Yeah, You're the winners out At there today. AMA. At AMA Vintage Days. That's what I said to the one, guy, one group. I was like, okay, raise your hand if you got fuel injectors. What the fuck are you doing here? You're beyond this. You're going to see how the other half lives, aren't you? It's fun to watch people push bikes, isn't it? So, like, <laughs> I'm a dick. So, you're true. You're so right, though. It's true. Wow, yeah, you're pushing that Harley. I'd stop and help you, except for the fact I live for this. So, yeah, for vintage days, it is really that game. It's like, if you don't have fun, fuck you, right? They didn't. Uh-oh. Every year they make it easier to have fun. Every year they bring us more shit to have fun with. And yet somehow there's this corporation, I'm sorry, this group involved that is American Motorcyclist Association, True. which is the card you have in your wallet if you're old or if you like to race. I think if they yeah. didn't make as much money. Or if you like don't want to pay taxes. <laughs> okay. Well, <yeah. laughs> but if they didn't, oh, the if they didn't get registrations yeah. enough, yeah. They, they couldn't support it. There has to be yeah. a reason yeah. that yeah. they support it. And it this. is remarkably hard to sneak in. Yeah, it is harder to sneak into AMA Vintage Days than any other event I participate in. Right. So, and the other thing is, this is the event you should be paying for. Right. You want because pay for they it. legit let you just rape the land. Like, <laughs> you could go out and just dig a trough through seventy six <laughs> acres on your CB seven fifty with no back tire, right? Just on a rim, maybe some paddles welded to it. And people are going to be like giving you a golf clap as you go past last year, and offering you a beer. Last year, we passed. And that's management. We passed one earth mover that was stuck with another one trying to get it unstuck, <laughs> digging like holes in the ground. And the AMA guys were just like, that looks fun. That looks fun. It was, a, it was an earth mover trying to pull the asshole out of another earth mover that was trying to pull the suspension out from under a camper. That's it. And that was like a $9 million camper. It was. And then some dude was there with a Dear John tractor. They were all hooked up. And they were all daisy-chained. And I've never seen such an unnatural fucking act of animal husbandry in my life. It was bizarre. Tractor, was se- tractor centipede. It was a tractor centipede. And the funny thing was, we're sitting there in the only vehicle in the world that's never gotten stuck anywhere. Ever. And we're sitting there... Drinking cocktails, AC on maximum, like AC on frostbite. Because it had just rained, it and just it, was, rained. it was 149% humidity. Oh, for sure. And 91 degrees. For sure. Yeah. And we're like, well, we're like eight That's deep in this. We're eight, we're eight deep in the high ace, and I was like, press the button to make the window go down. And, and we're like, you can do it! And I'm watching a... Literally a fifty thousand dollar tractor jump up and down in the air as it's trying to grab the earth (laughs) and pull Evil Knievel's fucking race trailer or race camper out of the fucking mire. I don't even know how it got where it got. I have no like. I think a I think a fucking Chinook or something dropped it in the middle of the mud pit. Mud pit. I have no idea how half that shit got there. So the trick is one: RVs go in, they don't come out. They don't come out. (laughs) Find high ground. what we're going to try to do this year is we're going to try for people who are paying attention at this point 
<laughs> you, exactly. Two and a half hours. It's a good podcast. Um, I, uh, news and events was actually very low. Very on low our- on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. We're going to rent an RV again. I've decided that my 50th birthday wasn't enough. So my 51st birthday, I'm going to rent an RV again because it was so much fun last year. Oh, did you see the one we... Chris, did you see the one we had last year? Did you see the RV we had last year? The Thor outlaw. If you would have checked Google Maps, you could have seen the RV we had last year. (laughs) Let me me put it this way. I was on the balcony watching the show. You was on the balcony watching the show. (laughs) I slept in the upstairs bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. The RV we had was so big it had smaller RVs trapped in its orbit. (laughs) The RV we had was so big... How big was it? Ah, it was so big, in fact, that where we pulled it into the authorized RV parking, people said, you know, you can't turn that around in here. (laughs) Watch me. I know. It was pretty pretty fucking cool. Uh, It had a garage. It had a garage. Our RV had a proper, and I like to say it had a garage. No, no, people were there. It had a fucking garage. garage. We went there with seven bikes in the garage of the RV. And it slept eight people totally comfortably. So we're going to do an RV again this year because why the fuck not? And it's nice to have air conditioning, you know, and, and stuff. And we were making cocktails. Shit. It was good. Burning food and doing everything else. And, and, and the best part is, is usually we'd be down in the, the camping area. The corner, area. yeah. And this year with the rain and stuff, it yeah. turned into sewage. Well, John was down there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so we had a little peeper frog. <laughs> living, living in our swamp, I mean our campsite. <laughs> it was, so John came into my shop like nine days after Mud Ohio, and he still smelled like shit. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> well, that's what when they were doing the barrel racing yeah. in it, and it turned into giant mud. Oh my god! I was just like, these people will never get that smell out of their bodies. No, no, no they way. will never get the smell out of no. them. Yeah. Yeah, I had it just, he couldn't even wear shoes because they would <laughs> become 20 pounds of mud. Yeah. The shoes were heavier than your fucking legs were. I was like, well, I'll just keep my, just take my shoes Time off. Time to go natural. But and you were when also. I get muddy, I'll just walk through a mud puddle in, right in front of my car. But you were also with the Woodstock group. Yeah, you were all across doing the street mushrooms. from the young guys. The young people were there having fun with. Don't get me wrong. Pharmaceuticals. I enjoyed where I was. Right. I was having a great time. <laughs> I mean, I was commuting yeah. with nature. Oh, fuck yeah. It was fun. We showed up, and they're like, can you help us pull our truck out of the mud? And we we're like, as long as you don't get us muddy in the process, we're golden. <laughs> that was the best. The guy, when you threw yeah. him the tow rope, yeah. at first he thought you were going to jump out yeah, and right? connect it. Well, you he were was like, so wrong. You were like, here you he go. He was Here's super the, wrong. My, my hitch One, is back there, I'm dude. super clean. I thought about it ahead of time, and I'd set it up so we had the proper snatch straps. Like, right. I had the recoiling, the yep. bungee straps. Oscar was the... Uh, you know, hang out the back. So Oscar opened up the fucking gunner's door, the tail gunner's door, the tactical trunk monkey. He opened up the tail gunner's door and would literally just feed the strap out. I know. So he could stay clean too. But the best was the guys looking up like, you going to help me? No. No, we're not. We're helping you. We're pulling you out of the mud. Yeah, the help starts in about five minutes when you hook that shit up. Was that where you discovered that you could lock the front differential without getting out of the vehicle? Cam and I discovered that we could, we just reached down and and locked the diffs. Well, how fast to know that now? So you don't have to get out. You don't have to get out. Just reach Sean locked the diff. Yeah. It's right. hard to go through a drive-thru, though. Yeah, it is. it is. You have to go through the drive-thrus backwards. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, that right-hand drive is a bit of a bitch. And it was super cool. We pulled some folks out. You know, we pulled some people out with the high ace. Yep. And I did love the fact that I was like, this is a place that does celebrate being able to take care of your shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this place really does understand being able to take care of your shit. And wow, man, that 
little Suzuki that was there pulling people out all weekend long. Yep. What was that thing? A little Suzuki side well, flip? Well, it started life as. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a V8 in that or something. Like I don't that. know, yeah, but it he, was very appropriate for the weekend. Four axles. On so, it. yeah. It was, so, Mid-Ohio, for real, bring your A game because Mid-Ohio does tax your liver. And if you're not sure, if you're not real, real super sure how to drive in the mud, the blood, and the beer, you will be by the end of Mid-Ohio. And uh, if you don't have a mini bike fetish, you will be by the end of Mid-Ohio. It's just, that's, that's just the way Mid-Ohio works. So, yeah, we do invite. I know the, the Misfits have committed to coming out. Some other people have, Dump Truck said he's going to try to come out. Some other folks have said they're going to try to come out. And uh, for everybody who's going to come out, just find Cleveland Moto. Mm-hmm. And bring us bottles of brown liquor, mm-hmm. and we will appreciate you. We'll play a little magic act, <laughs> and we'll appreciate you within an inch of your life. Uh, it's not joking around. And on that, I'm going to ask my friends here to look up at the screen mm-hmm. and see what could. I don't know if I'm going to I'm going to sell this the right way, but. You know, we're weird for little weird 4x4s and stuff around here and, you know, Honda Acties and Subaru Sambars and all these weird little, you know, weird little Japanese trucks and stuff. And we do have a bit of a fetish in our our world. And not to be outdone, uh, I did discover a thing that exists in the world, and it is a Honda Acti 4x4, except for... Some fucking maniac put an extra set of axles on it. Oh, wow. And so it's a Honda Acti 6x6. Oh. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a picture of it because I'm bidding on it feverishly right now. And uh, if this thing happens, which it's not going to happen, but if it does happen, I, 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 I just can't possibly tell you the joy in my life that will transpire a the second Acti? that I own this fucking thing. Uh, well, but it's not just a Honda Acti. The motherfucker has tracks. Um, as soon as I can get the, the TV to behave. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's a tracky. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's tracky. So, yeah. So, uh, there's tracks on the back of a Honda Acti. So, they've added in a whole extra axle to the fucking thing. Tag axle. Tag axle. Yep, you got it. And left the bed the way the bed is and everything else, but that son of a bitch has tracks on the back. And they only built them for a very short period of time, and there happens to be one of them coming Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you say they built them. Honda. Honda Bill. You could order it out of the fucking goddamn, out of the catalog. Looks like one of the front. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it oh does, doesn't gosh. it? Yeah. So, yeah, in 1995, you could have literally gone to your Honda dealer in J- Japan, right? And you could have bought any of those little Honda Acties there. And, uh, of course, the one at the bottom is called the Acti Crawler. There's the Acti Dump, the Acti City, the town. <laughs> but there's attack. the Acti Attack, exactly, with the Megalo. Uh, first gear, but the Acti Crawler is a real thing, and you should Google search that shit because to me that would be the perfect Mid Ohio vehicle. Yeah, if nothing you, you couldn't get into or get out of. If you can get one for the right place, the Acti Kazi. The Acti Kazi. Um, I'm going to tell you that I the, don't think you'll be driving that back from Baltimore. The auction is happening tomorrow in Japan and uh, in in Tokyo, and I'm not going to tell you guys what my high bid is on that. But the one I'm bidding on has only 465 miles on it. Wow. wow. It's virgin. And, it had uh, to be like at a ski slope. We can double that up. <laughs> yeah. What's Mount, that? Mount Fuji ski slope or something. I, 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 I'm just, 
one, the fact that I now know they exist. I went from knowing something existed to knowing I had to have it in one second. <laughs> in my life, I've never had such a knee-jerk reaction. And the, the best thing about this is we talk about with Mid-Ohio is we play the Mid-Ohio game. is like, okay, I need, to, I need to isolate one fucking weirdo thing yep. that I'm looking at this weekend. Because if I say I'm going to come out of there buying a CT90, I'm going to have 47 CT90s. Mm. But if I say it's going to be something fucking weird, well, here's my problem, is I just figured out that the Honda Acti crawler is my goddamn albatross. Like, that's my fucking unicorn right there. I'm, I'm so, so goofy for that fucking thing. So now it's only a matter of time until I make that shit happen. And they're super hard to find. So there you go. That's what it is. So that's our... We should, start, we should start yeah. trying to game mid-Ohio. So, yeah. like, we all get there, yeah. and then we pick a bike that's like a turd, like a KE100. Yep. Okay, I like that. And then that. you go around everywhere, and you're like, do you have any KE100s? Oh. And then get everybody excited yeah, about KE100s. get them all fired up about it. Create <laughs> a false demand. Right. And then, and then people open up the trailer. <laughs> and then open up the trailer with 11 KE100s in it. Right, right, right. After everyone's all fucking gay for them. Right. I get it. We did the same thing with CT70s a couple of years ago. We showed up with like yeah, you guys did. umpteen <laughs> fucking CT70s. And I don't even know how that happened. That was the weirdest thing ever. John and I were sitting around because, again, for us, that was weird. That was like heavy, overweight, gray, balding dudes just became sex symbols. It was a universe that I'm not ready to live in yet. When a CT70 was like people were throwing money at us, Uh, and we had a a row of them, and we could just keep bringing them out of the trailer. And it was so weird. Yeah, again, mid-Ohio, go figure. It's the only place where little tiny weird bikes are sexy. Again, there we go. So, guys, anything else? I got something else. Go ahead, Chris. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Chris. uh, There's going to be a cannonball. Coming up from San Diego to New York on 125cc. (gasps) No Um, way. Monkey. Whoa, whoa. Really? And uh, Grimes. uh, June 7th to the 21st. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a problem. Two weeks. Yeah. That's middle middle aisle. No, it's not. Not June. That's July. Yeah, this is June. This is June. This is a, uh, a month before. Yeah. And 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 so you show up in San Diego, okay. Either with your bike or you buy a bike out there. Sure, sure, yeah. And uh, you roll out to New York, so it's thirty four hundred. Oh yeah, X miles. Holy um, shit! Everything's included, include uh, your hotel room, chase vehicle, um, blowjobs. <laughs> and no, I'm teasing. Those are the, always no, free. No, hotels rooms aren't included. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> hotel rooms. And uh, so I'm uh, I'm. Pretty serious about trying to well, yeah. find a unit to uh, to roll out from uh, San Diego. Holy fuck, man! Yeah, that's so. that's insane. Yeah. That is absolutely uh, insane. It, and is GPS back, Kevin doing this? Because this yeah, sounds like that, a GPS yeah, Kevin event. Yeah, yeah it's it's GPS Kevin. Yeah, that's, this sounds like a GPS Kevin type event. Monkey, I, I did find it. It's gpskevinadventureRides.com, and it is literally monkey on a cannonball. What the shit? What kind of fucking sick, demented mind came up with this shit? Because, not kidding around, this is an incredibly bad idea. <laughs> I like, knew, uh, How fun does that sound? You know, speaking of bad ideas, I knew a couple guys. Yeah. These idiots fucking rode a sax <laughs> madass 125 I was hoping we weren't going to bring that up. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we went from this place called San Diego to this place called Annapolis, Maryland on a 125cc 
Madass. Not a monkey that has a big, thick seat. We went on a bike that's actually called the Angry Bottom 125. <laughs> the inappropriate seat, bad idea, 125. Ridiculously hard. Straight from Chinese wrong stand. angle. Oh, yeah. It was a bad bike. And it had a gas tank slightly larger than my bladder. And we tried to drive it across America. And we did. And we partied and stopped and got drunk and fell over and did all the things. And, but we didn't do this the, the smart way. We decided to go via Vail. So, you know, in October, when you're in San Diego, everything's great. And we're like, oh, that fucking lower road, that I-70 thing with Texas, they're driving super fast down there. So we don't want to get run over. We'd rather freeze to death. <laughs> and it turns out we did. We went the freeze-your-death route, and we went across Vail and Breckenridge and all those cool things and got some of that delicious legal 420 up there. And uh, James got sicker than dog shit. And, yeah, we had an adventure. And we ended up in Annapolis, Maryland. <laughs> Many, many, many days later. And, uh, yeah, the bike survived. Um, it was the worst use of a Toyota mini, rented minivan ever. Um, they'll never do that again. They'll never trust us for that. So Monkey Bikes on a Cannonball Across America, June 6th through 21st. So what's the best unit to ride? Oh, you well, know, you, okay, so you your choices it. are, look, it's a a monkey? Monkey. they call it a 125 Across America. So, okay. It would be the most comfortable on a oh. Monkey. I think the you monkey's think the probably... Uh, the cub would be amazing with the leg shields and everything. I like the way wheels. it says... Cu- I, yeah, it wouldn't be as comfortable on your ass, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't make it on the cub. Okay, here's the rules. Well, you would, but... Would you guys like to hear the rules? I want to hear the rules. Here's the rules. The ride starts in San Diego, California, and ends in New York City. All riders must ride equivalent 125cc bikes. Three new bikes will be allowed. Honda Monkey, Honda Grom, Super Cub... Or equivalent. I love the phrase or equivalent. K125 Kawasaki. Who knows? Yeah, sure, why not? A grim. Who gives a fuck? You know what? If you show up on something 125 cc's and they tell you no, you have the right to shit on their feet at that moment. You can do whatever you want and then still do it. The cost to join this 14 day ride is 1,695 doll hairs. This covers your lodging for the 14 nights during the ride and the cost of a support truck and driver. <laughs> you don't fucking need this. Come on, look at what you're riding. You don't need a support truck and driver. This also covers your ride packets, which include a custom Garmin GPS map on a micro SD card and printed ride maps and descriptions. There you go. Um, $200 deposit. What would I do with that? I don't have a garment. <laughs> exactly. I'd like to remind you that I'm going to be doing this on a 125cc fucking play bike. Um, one, I'm not going to use your Garmin. Two, I'm just going to follow the trail of depressed, angry, hemorrhoid-ridden people. Right? <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. And when I get tired of their shenanigans, right? Hopefully, this is going to be like Bay Rally or Street Safari or any other thing where we do the the most important part is the drinking at the hotel, mm-hmm. right? And we're all hung over in a mess trying to drive whatever distance we're going to drive that day. Yeah, you day. feel good just enough to go drink again. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. You get to the hotel as fast as you can so you can get your drink back on. <laughs> I remember staying up till 4 o'clock in the morning for the 6 a.m. start of the Lake Erie Loop. Lake Erie Loop. <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to start this race in two hours. You know, we should probably lay down and get a couple hours of sleep before we ride our bikes for 12 hours. Yeah, no shit. Riders will be eating in restaurants along the way. There will be laundry services available at several locations. Pinkies up, motherfucker. This ride is about enjoying America, not about carrying lots of gear and cooking along the way. Did I sound snarky enough just then? That was pretty snarky. Okay, it was pretty snarky. Travel light and enjoy. Yes, this is the long-awaited new style of scooters across America. 
Well, first of all, as a supporter of the Cannonball, Scooter Cannonball, for years and years and years, fuck yourself. The Scooter <laughs> Cannonball thing is mental. It is mental. And yeah, they're allowed to have slightly bigger bikes, I mean, 250 cc's, but you know what? The long-awaited new style of scooters across America? Sure. Time to be a kid again and do something really dumb. That's what it says. Time to be a kid again and do something really dumb in the safest way possible. Uh, $1,695 doll hairs, 14-day ride. So what's that come down to? About 120 bucks a day? Fuck, dude. That's cheap. Well, add gas, add uh, yeah. everything else. You're riding a fucking monkey, man. That's like $7 worth of gas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you use a quart of oil the whole trip, I'll be impressed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you will. I think you're going to do the whole trip on the tires you left on. Mm-hmm. The tires will last. You have to change your oil three times. I don't even think you will. I think they're tight. I think that motor is one of them weirdo motors that you can't possibly burn oil in. I really I just don't. I wonder about... Yeah. Even at speed. About, I mean, how it would hold up. Yeah. I mean, how, that's the only thing I would worry about. Is I love the spectacle of it. hold up? Yeah, I love the spectacle of it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. If so that's Chris, something I'd you, be interested in, but it's... Chris is going to do it. That 14 days, I mean, it's, isn't the cannonball supposed to be, you just go balls out? It's 10 days. It's 10 less days. than 10 days, yeah. yeah. But, saying, but cannonball's a lot harder. The cannonball is, they're going to put you on a particular route. You're not going to be on the hardball. You're going to be... You know, and you're going to have to work your balls off to get your, your miles in every single day. So by the time you get to the hotel, and there's land navigation involved with that too, by the time you get to the hotel, you are fucking spent if your bike still has the piston in it. Well, so, yeah. and they're getting the hotel for you. So exactly. You're, you have to make it to the hotel. You got it. The baby. hotel that the everybody's staying But they yeah. have a sag wagon too, yeah. so you're, this thing has a... Yeah, Cannonball is a sag wagon too, but the Cannonball is more like... If your bike blows up on the first more, day, can you just ride in the sag wagon probably. all the way out there? Sure. Probably. But honestly, it's a monkey, a Grom, or a Super so Cup. So what bike are you looking at? Which one are you going to have? I don't have one. You're going to be getting one, clearly. Jesus Christ, man. Are you a monkey man, a ground man, or a super cub? Or equivalent. Yes. You don't have to. Have, you Can't you ride any 125? I'm sure you can. 125 I, 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 or less. I Your would legs say are a lot longer than a So that yeah. would be really rough I'd say, on you. I'd say yeah. get Chris the Benelli and put a different yeah. sticker on it so it says 125. Yeah, and ride the I rode my, my monkey mm-hmm. for 1,200 miles in four days. God damn. Yeah, okay. So, so you're that's, still limping. That's a lot of monkey. No, no, and it was very comfortable. Right, And it I could is. have done a lot more, but I... You know, I just got those so. Do you think the, do you think the monkey or the super cub is more comfortable? The monkey's way more comfortable. Oh, okay. huh. Really? All right. Good to know. It's the same thing with the the super cub's got the same issue as the sim, the Simba. Your ass is too close. Your to ass hangs off the yeah. back side of that yeah. seat, and it's you need a bench seat on the super cub. Right. If you had a yeah. bench seat on the super cub, yeah. it would probably be good for you. Okay. Yeah. Got, so you'd have to tra- you'd have to transplant. I that. think this is a great idea. And GPS Simba, Kevin, GPS Kevin the does Simba good would be shit. Perfect for that. Yeah, the Simba yeah. would be a better. And bike you know what? That's the, equivalent. Yeah, that's so you right. Can run that. and the Simba would be perfect rock a for that with a, a bench seat because I agree. The thing runs; it'll go faster. Yeah, it runs cooler. It's got the ceramic line cylinder. Yep. And you and I can tell you, I've done it too. You can and run it those gets Simbas better fuel economy. Ever. Yeah, you can't so, overheat a Simba. Yeah. Dude, this is a great idea. That's the bike. It, 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 this is a great idea, and I love everything about it. We need listeners to, to sign up. Yeah, okay, so it's, I'm going to give you guys the, the heads up. It's called gpskevinadventurerides.com. So go to gpskevinadventurerides.com. Um, if you've got 
two weeks of your life that you can give away to hanging out with dudes on fucking monkeys. That is awesome. And I heard they're going to supply all the prostitutes for free. Mm. Wow. So that's great. They're going to go to a local truck stop, find all the lot lizards, bring them in. Something well, and, about and it, there's going to be monkeys. a bottle of uh, Stro 160 every night. That's the Cleveland Moto donation. <laughs> yeah. We're going to sponsor the event by mm. providing one bottle of Stro, and that will kill all of them. Yeah, that's and it. There'll dude. still be half a bottle left. There'll be half a bottle left when <laughs> they come in. Hey. All well, right, guys. Well, well, if there's root beer there, it'll be. Uh, oh, it'll be gone in a second. Yeah. That shit's amazing. All right. That's it, man. We've gone a long fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. This is two normal size podcasts for the price of one, 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 one. <laughs> Ride fast. Take chances. Play us out of here. Bum, 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 bum,